Okay, hi. Hello. Hi. Hey, Whoa. how's it going? Hi. Well, What's how... going on? Not Nothing much. How are you? We're doing good. Uh, um, um, I need to start streaming to our Discord as well. I always forget. There's just so many steps. I'm just such a, I'm just such like, but you have no idea what kind of pressure I'm under as the producer. I don't think I get enough appreciation. Right. I just want to let everyone Yeah, whatever. Know. Okay. I'll, we'll we'll try. We'll step it up a little bit. We'll appreciate you mm -hmm. more. I believe mm -hmm. we oh. can do that. Well, I you didn't discuss that with me, Tim. I'm I'm fine. With Sorry, we needed to way. vote on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a workplace democracy, and I vote yeah, no. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, hi everyone. Hi, chat. Hey, everyone. And hi, uh, co hosts. And welcome everyone to the 10th episode of Red Planet. Um, I'm, of course, your host, Bad Bunny. I will be rebranding soon. Soon. Mm. All right. Soon. It's going to happen. I know I keep saying it. It's going to happen, though. And of course, we're joined by DJ Mule and Conquest Hello. of Dread. And Sophie is unfortunately unable to be with us today. Um, so. Can we get some? Um, can we get some? You Let's know. get some loves. Let's get some love. Yeah, yeah. Get some love Sophie, in the chat for she's, Sophie. She's yeah. She's in a bit of a bad way with the uh, the old Rona and stuff. So yeah, uh, she is yeah. Corona, and it's a it's like yeah. a whole fucking thing. So yeah. it's um, yeah. it's actually it's always it always terrifies me when my friends get coronavirus because it's just like I mean obviously it's just I've somehow still dodged it. I chat who yeah, here me too. has. Who Me here? too. You really? Okay. Who else has gotten? Yeah, I've not had it. Chat, press one if you've had, in, to your knowledge, have caught the Rona, and press zero if you haven't yet gotten it. I would like to see. Okay. All right. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I expect that from from Twitch chat. To be honest, I expect that from Twitchers. Lots of people saying that they just stay inside and that they're hermits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah. And like that's I mean, what you that's should be it. doing. For, like it, you really should be yeah, doing. Yeah, that. yeah, no, like... no, no. yeah. I mean, Thank you. yeah, it's like oh much. If we really appreciate these that. fucking governments would get their shit together and pay people to stay at home. Mm -hmm. I feel like you know, like uh, yeah. I was just saying to Mule beforehand, we're um in New Zealand. We're currently having probably our biggest kind of like the latest kind of Omicron variant is the first to really kind of take hold in New Zealand. The rest um hasn't been as bad as a lot of other places because we were having lockdowns we were people getting paid to stay home all that kind of stuff but then with this latest one they've kind of been a little bit more like fuck it just you know just deal with it just everyone go to work and do all that kind of stuff yeah. you don't need to isolate if you, unless this blah 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 whatever and it's like we've now we've got just thousands of cases every day you know and it's um is it really like, wow, going to thousands of cases kind of, every day yeah 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 and for for so long we were only getting like literally like you know you could count the cases on like one hand yeah and now it's like I thought you know we get like twelve thousand new a day or something yeah i thought yeah. that y'all like basically got rid of it and now it sounds like shit is just garbage yeah. over there which so sucks. we had well, hold um, down down to zero for all the other variants like all the regular like delta and all that kind of stuff but then it's this omicron one that uh that yeah it uh how much <laughs> of that do you think is related to that fucking corona like anti-vaxxer protest you were telling us about because like you oh, said that so they were like trying to infect people right that's what they were trying well, to do i mean so no uh, there, there were people there saying that they were intentionally going to in uh, infect people but i think that is a minority in there that's like okay. kind of like a weird extremist kind of element i think yeah. the majority of people there probably like either don't didn't believe it was a thing 
or believed that it was, you know, a lot milder than it actually is, or, you know, like, they believed in it, but they were anti-vaccination for, you know, because they mm-hmm. believed some bullshit about that, too, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of spread there, and a lot of the movement, uh, their kind of, like, movement leaders or whatever, have come down with coronavirus since, and so, you know, so last time we looked it? at that news story... No, so last time, you know, um, we looked at that news story about the radiation weaponry that they were convinced was being aimed at them. Um, so yeah, so they're literally like, they're doing these like Facebook lives with all their fans and they're like coughing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, obviously have all the symptoms of coronavirus and they're talking about how, you know, like, oh, I think it was the energy weapons or, you know, just shit like that. It's like... No, bro, you got sick. It's like so much more likely that you got sick. Even if you don't know, believe in coronavirus, like maybe you just yeah, got yeah. Like, it's so absurd. Exactly. Really... It's, and it's so wild to jump immediately to energy weapons as opposed to just, you know, <laughs> like, oh, maybe it's another kind of flu or something like that. It's like, no. It's That's people just say anything. Weapons. It's always rich. I mean, yeah. this is like a tired criticism but it still doesn't ever cease to be real this these so-called free thinkers the ones that pride themselves on not being held strict to any sort of any sort of worldview Mm. because they're just a bunch of super free thinkers that are not influenced by anything but they all magically ignore some very obvious first steps like when you're reason if you're getting sick if you feel sick the first thing you think of shouldn't be an energy weapon if you do i feel like you are really not a free thinker in fact but these people are like insist that they're free thinkers it's like they're they're like anti-mainstream media because it's controlled by the government and then they're like i only get my fucking my information my facts from social media that's controlled by private corporations (laughs) you know it's like yeah you're so your your thoughts are so fucking free Uh, right now they're just so free third eyes wide open so perceptive this is also like somewhat related to the uh the the fan of like a toxic uh content creator whoever it may be if you ask them like you say that they're a fan of so and so they'll say no they're not a fan they'll insist that they're not a fan because being a fan means that they're not a free thinker and it also means that they're like submissive to another man and that's not like alpha or whatever or sigma or something (laughs) and so like this is a very no this is extremely common if there are people like men that are fans of other men that spout Mm. political stuff and then you're like this fan you're a fan of this person that's why you're saying there's like i'm not a fan No, no no I just, you know, no, I'm allowed to like watch I admire people. him as an equal. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They watch them Not and they just, so you know, I watch people I don't agree with fully. I do it all the time. It's in fact, you should do it. And so that's that's their reading goal. Man, yeah, yeah. get your shit together. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my God. It is, it is, <laughs> it is. Um, <sighs> yeah, so um, now that we're, uh, we're all... Start up. We're all into it. Should we... Oh, wait, wait, we should do our picture. Should... It's time oh, yeah, for the picture. And one of you posted on the Red Planet Twitter. Okay. What the hell is What the hell is this? This is my picture. It's me. <sighs> Alright. Is that okay. we're doing this then? <laughs> Alright. Ah. Okay, okay, we got it. Never, oh, we did? We oh, never, okay. I never want to see that again. That was the worst. That was someone the worst literally, shit. someone, li- someone literally in chat said, "Put it away." That was horrible. 
But, oh, wait, um, there are, I've got filters too. I can do it. Wait, here we go. I wasn't even a filter. That was just oh. a scoop thing that I made with like a PNG. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. Tim, this you need good. to do that. Right, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Wait, do are we doing it again? It again? Okay, do okay. it again. Cool. Tim's got a filter on. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is... I'm the only normal okay. one. <laughs> Can you not make yourself? I'm holding this weird? thing up all by myself. I'm the only credible, way. like, wow. When this whole, <laughs> yeah, when the, the only adult here. When I'm the only adult in the room. My God. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna put up. What does that say about the room? <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, Nicole. Exactly. Well, I'm gonna um put up a a few. I just put up three, four. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, Shall I post that? I think that? the. Yeah. Okay. okay cool. hmm. All right. Brilliant. Are well you able to everyone. do the um the Red Planet Twitter mural? I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Cool. No Sweet. problem. I'm just not signed into it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember the, the thing. Um, okay. Brilliant. Cool. I got it. I got it. The last one probably nice. is best. Yes, it is. And when yes. I say best, I don't mean that. I mean you know whatever the other whatever the word is for that. Oh, it's okay. Look, you, you know everyone's looking out for you. You got people in the chat saying we're we're here to support you. Oh, there you go. Oh, I forgot to do a thing. Oh, okay, so I apologize to everyone who was looking for subtitles for the stream. Um, I forgot oh my God, to set it up again. Oh my God, that's my fault as well. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. But I forgot, because what oh, I need yeah. to do is because the, their audio doesn't come through my microphone, but in fact comes through a different way, mm. I have to pipe their audio through a program to be able to have subtitles for everyone on screen. And that's, I've failed to do that this week and I apologize. I will... Make sure it happens for next week. Um, so until let's all then, of us make it the top of our priority. Yeah. Here's the thing: this is a, this is not an optimal situation, but these episodes do get uploaded to my YouTube, and those auto YouTube puts auto like subtitles. So that's a quote unquote fix in the in the interim. But I mm. sincerely apologize. I will be on the subtitle game, and uh, I'll be that'll be the next episode. We'll have them set up. Hopefully, unless something dramatic happens. So. Yeah, definitely. Although I will be moving, chat. I'm moving at the end of this month, so um, we'll see what oh, happens. Yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't interfere with any of the episodes. Hmm. That'll be cool. I'm sure we can figure something out. Um, but yeah, so uh, should we get into some news and stuff? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, so I popped a couple things in the notes. Um, mm -hmm. It's all kind of like... It's all union and strike related this week, which is kind of, you know, dope, it's, though. it's good. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start off with, um, got this one, striking workers at large Auckland pallet supplier win new agreement. So this is, um, this is down here in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. And so um, at the CHEP, uh, so CHEP, C-H-E-P is um, their Auckland, just the Auckland location. They're, it's a big multinational pallet supplier, you know, for like shipping goods around the mm -hmm. pallets. So they've been like super busy all through the whole pandemic thing because of, you know, the reliance on, you know, shipping and supply lines and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they've been overworked. They get paid barely anything, whatever. It's a most, like most of their workers are um, like Pacific uh, immigrants um, who are, you know, like, most of the employees there come from a background and, you know, like they come from um, poorer areas and things like that. And they are just like a group that, 
you know, it's like that thing that gets classed as unskilled labor, so they always get taken advantage of. But, you know, there's no such thing as unskilled labor. Everyone here knows that, whatever. It's just, um, you know, like, they're seen as kind of like an expendable workforce or whatever. But, um, so, the chip uh, workers, the first union members, were actually able to prove that maybe they're not so expendable because they, they went on an indefinite strike. Um, and it went on. I can't remember exactly how long it went on. It was like... Maybe it was like, um, I think it was like a week or two. They started by just doing like one day at a time, like um, last month. But um, yeah, but then, and they got everything they asked for. They got uh, pay increases. So they go, they went from being like at like minimum wage all the way up to at minimum a living wage. Some of them even higher. Um, They get their wages, get back paid to the pay rise. So for hours that they've already worked, you know, since they started kind of bargaining or whatever, they get paid. Um, and, uh, so they, and they locked in further increases down the track over the year as well. So they're going to be getting, you know, like pay rises and things like that. And also everyone that striked got, gets, um, like a sign on bonus as well. So that's really awesome as well that, um, and first union were able to help them, uh, negotiate for that. So it's kind of like, you know, when you, like, it, it's not always, like, an attractive idea to a worker, especially if you're seen as expendable or whatever, to join in on a strike action, whatever like that. But I think, um, yeah, being able to bargain for things like that, like the sign-on bonuses for people that engaged in the strike and stuff, is actually, like, you know, like, a pretty cool thing to be, like, actually, you know, if we do this, it's not just, we're not just going to get paid for the time that we didn't work or whatever, but, you know, we're going to get a, a bonus as well and stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So that was really cool. And it was like, I think it, all of the striking members were all um, were all Samoan as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, like, typically I would say a um, typically a pretty stepped on group in terms of like, um, I would say like low wage employment and stuff, you know, 100%. like it's kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and this is all Pacifica immigrants to New Zealand. Um, there is, like, a huge shitty kind of thing there with the way that um, New Zealand kind of uses, um, used, uses like, the Pacific labor force, specifically people that move over from the islands and are, like, sending money back to their families at home and stuff. We can probably even touch on a lot of that um, if, when we're talking about imperialism later. Um, there's a lot of, like, Pacific imperialism from New Zealand that... Um, that kind of um, captures a lot of these smaller nations as like, yeah, like a captive labor force um, and just and also for like extraction and stuff like that, like so many resources. There's, um, yeah, New Zealand definitely would not be the way it is now or have anything that it does. Well, yeah, it just would not be the same place without um, various extraction projects all over the Pacific. So, um, yeah, so that's the first thing. Uh, so awesome to all the chip uh great work to all the chip workers and first union who helped them with that yeah um, solidarity yeah yeah yeah. i think that's pretty awesome um there was a lot of in kind of new zealand twitter there was a lot of stuff going around um twitter people donating to the strike fund and all that kind of stuff so it's awesome to see that come through um and what do we got next we got new york new york times tech workers do you, do you want me do you want to read you can read all these if you want Tim. i don't mind oh you can do mind. you can you can you can do this one if you want i'll i'll give it a go i'll give it a go all right give it a let's go. Go. okay let's go. right here I we go are you ready for this one 
Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, perfect. New York Times tech workers vote to certify union. Now, I think that this is a really important uh, union vote, right? Because tech workers tend to really have a shit time in general, and there's not a lot of unions that support them, right? Um, It says here, the ratification, which about 8% of of ballots in favor, make it the largest tech tech union in the United States with collective bargaining rights. Oh, okay, so I might be wrong about that. There is some tech unions but so, i think it... yeah yeah so the thing is like um you to for collective bargaining rights and stuff you actually have to get approved by what is this like the nlrb the national right. labor review board yeah. so the uh you can form a union and your workplace can like recognize your union and stuff but to technically have the collective bargaining rights and stuff you have to kind of um yeah yeah you, you need you yeah you need to sign yeah. up with the nlrb and have it be approved by them and um yeah that's like a whole other process but yeah anyway sorry yeah no you're fine yeah yeah um tech workers at the new york times on thursday voted in favor of certifying their union in a national labor relations board election making it one of the biggest tech unions in america the workers voted in favor 404 to 88 which is uh that's pretty that's pretty big um yeah, yeah, those, yeah. Eight, those 88 workers i don't know they must just really like i don't know looking boot or whatever just weird um or maybe that you know i don't know obviously i'm being a bit flippant here there's every chance that they could have been targeted by uh anti-union you know union yeah well, like, um, like that. we had a big uh teacher strike here a little while back and um and there were teachers that you know like were anti-union and stuff and they were on the news saying you know, like they, because they interview the anti-union people on the news, right? And they were, you know, saying they were like, oh, you know, I just think that I could like bargain better for myself instead of, you know, like signing up. I don't want to pay union fees and shit, which it's is like all kind of like garbage or whatever. But there are people out there that do hold those views. Free um, they're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> free thinkers, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But um, no, no, but you know, there, there, are, there are people out there that might be opposed to it for various reasons or whatever. But um, yeah show um let me get into this i'm sorry i have to get around this uh new york times bullshit okay i'm here uh we're just elated and really soaking in what this means not only for us as tech workers at the times and for the new york times but also for the tech industry as a whole said nosley samadzade a a senior software engineer i think this is going to be the start of a wave of organizing in the tech industry i think that's that's what i was thinking about before when i said like it's it's rare to get like a you know a a tech industry-based union Um, because i've had like people in my chat before be like yo i work in like tech and it's really shit for unions and we get over literally overwhelmed by the hours that we have to Mm -hmm. work and stuff and Mm -hmm. and i actually know someone in my community who was on call like literally all night on saturday night and he was so fucking pissed off like about like the pay and stuff he was like saying i hope the fucking pay is worth it um so yeah, yeah, really important for the tech industry. Uh, Ms. Samad Zadeh said the union was eager to bargain a contract around issues similar to what the newsroom unit has been fighting for. Issues around pay, diversity, and equity, a strong contract to make our workplace more fair. Danielle Rotar, a Times spokeswoman, said the Times look forward to working with the union to establish a contract. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> we're, we're looking forward to uh, working with the union. Okay, all right. That's, you know... We'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we continue to believe this election process was critical, so our colleagues could learn more about the union, hear both sides of the argument, and ultimately make an informed decision, she said. Um, 
so that's all sounding really good. It's uh, you know they got they got a huge amount of bargaining rights there. It's, it's like yeah. an overwhelming vote um that you know the time it's saying here times management has violated federal workplace laws by preventing some employees from showing support for the union as well so there you go i was kind of right about those 88 guy 88 people there it's you know they're obviously they've been targeted by uh you know or they've been prevented uh, from showing support like i don't know maybe they've been forced to because I mean, companies do all sorts of shady shit right yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'll go into like training for a business. Like when um, years and years ago, I worked uh, at an ISP for a little while in Australia. And um, when we had our like induction training and stuff, they played us like an anti-union video, you know, it was like, you know, if someone comes up and talks to you about this kind of stuff, tell your manager. You know? <laughs> and this was like seen as a pretty like progressive business, you know, so it's like they, they do kind of make it part of the kind of culture to be anti-union yeah. or whatever so to, yeah not to mention that uh anti-union is kind of like the status quo for the world like some mm, areas yeah. of the world are more than others right but like generally mm. i mean capitalism exists everywhere um yeah. and it's with the exception of maybe a few countries i would imagine that it's pretty they're pretty heavily anti-union um so regardless mm. of the specific training videos i think there's also just you know, your indoctrination into a capitalist society and how that naturally lends itself to be this anti-union thing. Um, I don't know if anyone in chat, I, I think a lot of you have seen it because you have shown it to you, but um, if you're not familiar with this type of like anti-union training, um, I'm sure the workers like you describe, workers receive it, but like management also receives it um, to like, yeah. I, I know yeah, that yeah. Amazon and Amazon am management like video was leaked onto YouTube and it showed... Um, so I'm really just, I mean, it's really disgusting, but it's also, um, unfortunately, the, the standard for how capitalism operates and that managers yeah. are expected to, like, um, keep note of what, who their workers are socializing with. And if you see them socializing with some other people, then you take note, you make sure you, like, take a note on that. Um, if you hear them saying things like living wage or or uh, yeah. something about like rights or something that you need to like mm. take note of that. And like, so there's all these indicators that your management is trying to look for. And then there's also the workers yeah. that are taught, hey, unions don't help you, unions hurt you. Um, and then there's also like the actual direct anti-union actions of firing a, a union organizer or firing people that are talking about unionizing. So, and then there's the, there's the, there's the fact that, you know, we need money to live and a lot of us don't have the luxury yeah. of being fired. So there's a lot of pressures everywhere. So it doesn't have to be specifically someone got to a person and that's why they didn't join a union. I think it's just the entire, the entire climate of capitalism lends this, lends people, yeah. you know, gives people this sense of, no, I, no, 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 maybe I shouldn't join a union. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think in, in techs, uh, tech circles as well, there's like, you know, especially, like, when you start getting into, like, games and startups and stuff, there's a lot of, like, libertarian kind of bullshit going on there that, um, that a lot of people have to deal with. And, I mean, like, uh, it's actually speaking of tech unions and stuff like that, like, the games industry is, has been, like, like uh -huh. efforts to unionize the games industry has been, like, fucking wild. Like, for years and years, like, there's been so many attempts. Like, going like going back decades, people trying to unionize at, like, EA and, like, you know, like, Blizzard and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just, you know, like, they get serious anti-union propaganda just, like, at every level of the company, you know? And it's, mm -hmm. like, it's one of those things where, as an employee, if you're watching this shit, you're going to be, like, thinking, man, like... Why is it that my bosses hate this stuff so much? Like, mm. what is it? Yeah, like, what 
what are they what what, what, mm-hmm. what secrets are they trying to prevent mm. me from <laughs> can I, I you uh... know like it's like it's like a mystery like in a tv show or something like that you know you'd be like a little bit intrigued what's going on here yeah it's kind of weird how like you might just be going through like a normal induction they're telling you like the health and safety and rotator and then like kind of like an auntie donna style skit a guy just comes out and goes don't ever join a union don't let me ever catch you joining a union you know yeah i remember the um the one that i got when i was working for this isp in australia was they were literally talking about hazards around the workplace so like okay if there's like a power cable hanging from the wind the roof and it's sparking and all this kind of shit like that and then it's like oh what if someone approaches you about joining a union (laughs) it's like okay all right is that the okay is that how dangerous like is that the same thing that's what it is completely different thing you know it could give you an electric shock joining a union i know yeah 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 yeah. that's what happens, it happened you know, to me like, as soon as I donated my first your union meeting. Everyone holds hands. You stand in a circle, and then the people at both ends they just grab the the sparking cable. Yeah, that's <laughs> and right. everyone gets shocked together, and that's what yeah, communism that's, is. That's why it's called a union. Yeah, because it's all yeah, together yeah. at once. Kind of want to. Mm. I know it's it's from Rob Rousseau, so there's you know there's that angle, oh. but I kind of want to see this video that he. Uh... We're shouting out Rob already. Literally, it's like probably like. Half an hour. Right? I know, oh, I know. Yeah. It says genuine corporate anti-union propaganda is indistinguishable from parody, and I think this is for Walmart. And I kind of want to watch this real fast. It's only two minutes. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah let's watch it. Okay, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Okay, cool. All right. Russell, I was just telling Julian Dane here, the Walmart listens to our associates. Sure does. Mr. Walton said over and over again, "Listen to our associates. They are our best idea generators." Huh. Hey, Russell, you ever had an idea they went for? Uh, not yet. Donna has. Yeah, but she's management. Well, she wasn't management when she hit on a way to reorganize our receiving paperwork. She was a stalker then. Not too long ago either. <laughs> <laughs> now we're using her way in every Walmart. Right, Donna? Right. You see, the company wants to hear new ideas. For instance, the people greeters in our stores who make customers feel welcome, that was an associate's idea. It sounds like employees, associates, they're listened to. And without going through union politicians. Of course not. But you see, management recognizes our associates. We know that our associates' ideas are, are good. Associates even came up with suggestions about our work schedules. And they use some of them right away. Russell, you know of any union that works like that? Of course not. All unions work at is taking a cut out of my pay. Yeah. Take your money and spend it to help in political campaigns. You know, help people I don't even vote for. Yeah, me too. But they're never going to do that to me again. You were in a union? Yep, but no more. You see, I'm one of the hundreds of thousands of former union workers or members. <laughs> I'm a, one of the thousands of reasons unions are getting uh, so much smaller. Well, Dean was in a union too. Yeah, I was in a union. You know, I worked union rules made it so we couldn't even rush a shipment. And we kept on losing customers and money till the truck line shut down. You know, a lot of jobs, more union jobs, they're all gone. You people on the truck line, you voted for a union. Voted for a union? No, there never was a vote. The union got enough cards signed and demanded the company recognize the union without an election. Without an election? I mean, didn't you have cards to sign saying that you wanted a union election? Yeah, and I signed a card just to get them off my back. You know, I thought there had to be a vote, and I'd vote no. But I sure got fooled. Man. That happened. Like, 20 seconds behind. 
Yeah, they didn't allow us to. That associate was Barack Obama. They're complaining about how, like, they didn't, the union stopped us from overworking ourselves. And so that led to um, bad things. And so that's why unions are bad because we should be able to overwork employees and make money for the company or else, like, I know, yeah, yeah. What this is, I think there's so much to criticize here, but one of my favorite things here is that the employees keep recognizing the company they work for as like their company and like mm. our company can't make money our company is gonna go out yeah. business with all these it's uh. like now that you gotta stop thinking that way and by the way um later on in our imperialism talk i think i know we'll touch on it but y'all have to stop thinking you're also the state you're not the state oh and you're God. not the company holy shit and yeah absolutely and also stop thinking that other people uh, representations of the state in their country as well like it's do you know what i mean like a state is is an idea it's it's not people you know what i mean it's it's none of us we don't we aren't we literally aren't a state it's it's a it's an absurd concept like money right you know yeah absolutely um so Let's should the we what's story, the next one? I think. Oh right yeah the the okay yeah the musk one um so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, Musk I tweeted didn't know out. This. Um, this was like just like last week or whatever. Um, you know, like uh, so the UAW, the United Auto Workers, um, uh, they uh, he actually said he was like, yeah, come down, you know, like like come on and have a vote and see, you know, if you're gonna unionize or whatever like that. Like, come on, feel free, sort of thing. Like the super like positive, like I invite them to come on down, um, which is like totally at odds with his you know, like his fucking life of anti-union kind of work. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, so um, they've they've been trying for a long time, the UAW, whatever, to get, like, a presence in a lot of um, Tesla factories, or well, plants, whatever they call them. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's it's been going for a long time. Um, he's been kind of hamstringing them at every step, just like, I mean, with every other kind of union that's ever tried to, like, set up a, in within six foot feet of elon musk but um yeah yeah so there's all the stuff that's been going on i uh, just recently there was all that stuff about like the racism the homophobia all that kind of stuff all throughout tesla so they're saying that they want to kind of you know like they want to make it a less hostile workplace they want to bargain for you know they want to be able to bargain for better pay all that kind of stuff um which you know musk has kind of denied them but um yeah, so it kind of, I feel like from him, it's just like this move where he's trying to put on a face of, um, you know, being like the cool tech guy or whatever, being a little bit more agreeable, being like, I'm not anti-union, like, come on down. But um, let's but see. He is. Uh, like he is so anti-union. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, like, let's, let's see how, like, what he actually does. And by know? the way, um, what is? I think they only need like 30% to actually become, you know, like a unionized workplace or whatever. But, um, which I don't think is like very, like, that's you know i i feel like that would probably be pretty easy but um yeah yeah so i don't know like i think like all the experts are saying that they think that um it'll probably get done you know if they actually do get in there they get in there get people to sign the cards and stuff it'll happen um so yeah uh but we'll see he's probably gonna invent some way to try and stop it from happening or whatever it's really frustrating i don't know i think um it, it, it would be good though if if they do actually get the chance to do it and um they can start unionizing all these fucking you know all these um tesla death factories or whatever um but yeah we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. 
one of the frustrating things about this is that um, this is kind of the preferential treatment that these assholes get is that like similar to like philanthropic shit that they'll do well they will do awful thing after awful thing after awful thing after awful thing and then they will then send some send a send a five laptops to a school or something or they'll yeah or yeah. they'll do some this gesture here and this is the thing that i'm sure if anyone ever says hey elon musk is anti-worker anti-union i'm sure some musk head is gonna be like actually actually <laughs> how could he be if this how and yeah that's, that's gonna be their garbage line i hope that it's not because get, it's gonna like, annoying, be very annoying but yeah i feel like musk like breeds a like a really particular kind of weirdo like you know like this like kind of like the the elon musk fans are like just incredibly bizarre um like i've seen some so bad that i've wanted to screenshot them on twitter but like <laughs> i've resisted because i'm like this is too like you know, like it's too much of a dunk. You know, like mm-hmm. this, like this is too embarrassing. It's easy. It's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still, one of the the weirdest accounts I've ever found on Twitter was someone that was like, um, they were like a Marxist. Um, well, they referred to themselves as like a, you know, like a Marxist um, proletarian feminist. But their their vibe was they were like an Elon Musk fan, and all of their stuff was talking about how Elon Musk was cracking down on the child sex trafficking trade. And, um, you know, that he was the only person that was taking this on. And I was like, what? this is like an ultimate, like, find, found a guy. You know, like, I just found a guy or whatever. But um, <laughs> I, I was, like, reading through it. And I'm like, I'm not sure if this person, like, I don't think this person is in a good headspace. I think maybe this is, like, yeah, someone, yeah. you know, something weird going on. But it was deranged. And they were, were, like, tweeting at people saying that, you know, like, because, and it was all based on the fact that he um, he called that guy in Thailand like a pedo or whatever like that. That's right. Like, this is him standing up. He's taking them down. And I was okay. Like, yeah, oh I'll God, tell you what. Like, the, I'll tell you what the truth is about that person, Tim. They're twelve years yeah, old. Yeah. That's the truth. They're oh just... oh no, they weren't. Like they weren't. They were an account. They had we had mutuals. They were a fully grown adult person. Posted <laughs> pictures, links to all those kind of stuff. And it was just like, okay, I'm swear, like maybe this person. Okay is yeah. like in the middle of an episode or something like that like yeah, i can't yeah, yeah, like yeah, i can't yeah. in good faith like dunk on this person no, but it yeah, was I like think, i think you're absolutely right though yeah 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 yeah, yeah but it was like choice. you know like really weird kind of like musk like cult thing but um it's so, anyway it's so Sorry. sad that like child trafficking has become this kind of almost immediate red flag for this person is not all there like in terms of I, I mean i don't mean that in like an ableist kind of way i mean like like oh yeah, i'm yeah. just talking about yeah, they're just, they're just not connected sucks. to the and it yeah, sucks because was, child trafficking um... is a thing and it's a problem yeah, and yeah. like it matters yeah, absolutely. but like what it's when i hear child trafficking i think somebody is is reaching at the most inflammatory thing they can think of which is yeah. sex trafficking of children or something and then that That's is the thing that yeah. you are supporting if you don't support the things that this person supports like if you don't yeah, like Elon yeah. Musk you are I mean, pro child sex trafficking I can't believe that yeah yeah and that's like a QAnon thing as well, right? And mm-hmm. we had that down here at the convoy down at Parliament and stuff like that. Like people, you know, claiming that they were, you know, like doing the work against child sex trafficking and that that, 
you know, kind of protest thing was all about that, where it's like, no, like, you're not doing the work, you're just on in Facebook comments, just, you know, like, there are people out there that are doing the work, but what you're doing right now is not it, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah as soon as you kind of criticize them or whatever, they're like, oh, look, this person is part of the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. pedo elite or something like that. It's like, <laughs> and then, like, you know, you peel off a couple layers and they get everything from, like, you know, some you know like like the guy who ran 8chan and he actually was like you know part of yeah. you know like doing the bad stuff wasn't he like and supposedly so, like, q like the q guy yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah oh yeah. really the guy we think he's probably oh, the guy oh, yeah. the q guy the so guy not the original q but the guy that took over and uh, uh, you know, okay yeah, 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 yeah but um yeah and there's like heaps of stuff like that you know or like how you know like all the trump being implicated and all the epstein stuff and all that you know it's mm-hmm. just like holy shit like there's yeah, so, you, you got this yeah. so wrong, my friend. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what are you talking? Anyway, about? this is like a huge tangent. We go from <laughs> Elon Musk to like QAnon, Pedo, whatever. Ah, anyway, it's related. Um, it is. It is. It is. I mean, like, you know, like when we, if we start talking about the Epstein stuff, hey. Um, anyway, <laughs> what else have we got in the news? I'm sure there was this something is the else. Guy, by the way, it's one this is the final. Actual oh yeah, we're gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, wait, is, wait, 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 what? Is, Hold um... up, I can't see the stream. What's going on? This guy. Yeah, yeah. This guy right here. Supposedly, wait, wait. the guy, the, mm. this is supposedly Q. This is the guy that, you know, like, all the stuff, like, all the all the Pizzagate oh stuff, all God. that kind of shit, all comes back from this guy, and, um... Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so, it's, um jim watkins and ron watkins together and if you look them up like they're both horrific people they've basically done everything that q has accused other people of doing it's like of course they have it's wild just Uh, like just like seriously just like imagine that guy on the internet posting laughing maniacally like posting like that guy was probably doing like pepe when it was like oh yeah yeah, a a right wing like dog whistle well you know it still is used as a right-wing dog whistle by some people but like you know yeah when it was like the most popular with uh you know just really embarrassing like so embarrassing um, um, anyway yeah so we, yeah before we, we um sh- we oh. got another like 10 minutes or so before we, have we one more bring topic lena in through the two strike oh yeah yeah, so, yeah. oh yeah, yeah cool so this is a the- yeah, it's really hard to find out info about this. So maybe so if someone in the chat is in London, they might know. Because so the RMT Union website is the only site that I could find that didn't talk about it as like in super negative mm. kind of like, you know, like yeah. all the all the media stuff about it is like chaos in London, you know, like as tube, tube workers walk out and all this kind yeah. of shit. And, um, and it's hard to find out what the situation is, but it, it seems like, um, it wasn't like an indefinite strike, but they're planning strike days. And I think they did the first and the third where they just, the workers just walked off and shut down the tube. Um, which is cool. Cause you know, usually like that's what the, the pallet, um, workers that we were looking at earlier did where they started by just doing a day here and there and being like, okay, we're just not going to work on this day. And then, you know, kind of just like as a little thing to be like, this is what happens when we're not at work. And if you, you know, if you don't listen to us, these periods are going to become prolonged. So I think that's the situation that's been going on. But like I said, it's been really hard to find out. Um, um, Rob, and, uh, Rob Rousseau in the chat points out that yes, the British media is going absolutely mental, saying that oh, yeah, yeah. Putin, Putin oh, and, and Russia are behind 
the union action in the tube strikes because obviously Russia is communist and unions are communists. (laughs) But like, this is like what I said, like everything else about it, aside from, aside from this RMT union, would you RMT are the union that, you know, responsible for this strike. Everything else about it is like just deranged. Like, Oh, you know, it's just chaos. It's madness. Like how could they do this to the people of London and stuff? And it's like, it's wild, and um, so they've been actually kind of, you know, there's been like a bit of back and forth with um, with the mayor, City Khan, of uh, you know, like, and this has been back and forth for a little while now, where he says like, don't strike. I'm trying to organize. I'm trying to sort out like a long term plan, you know, that'll be better for you guys or whatever. And they're saying like, no, you're just like, you're you're just, you know, you're talking crap or whatever like that. This isn't like we know what we want, and this is what we're gonna do or whatever. Um, and yeah, but it's like kind of yeah. It seems like it's all posturing from Khan. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, so interesting. We'll see how it develops. But um, yeah, I mean, basically, what they've been told is that there was going to be massive layoffs and um, and pay cuts. I think they were either going to lose all or a lot of their pension, um, just stuff like that, you know. And this, these are people that have been keeping the public transport in London running through you know the pandemic through all this kind of stuff that's been going on like yeah. they should be getting paid more but instead they're like yeah okay so down the bottom here it says six at least 600 job cuts um a raid on their pensions and um yeah so look uh if it's tube workers being told to take the hit for the political failures of city hall and the dft which is the issue at the heart of the, dis- uh, the oh, dispute. So, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not exactly related. Um, I think it, this did happen in London, though. I'm just... Yeah, okay, so um, some people in the chat might have heard of uh, Belly Mujinga. Uh, Belly Mujinga was a ticket officer in London, um, and uh, she was spat at uh, by someone. Now, Belly Mujinga was a woman of color and um you know famously you know get fucking absolutely shat on in in places of work especially places yeah. where there's like a lot of footfall and stuff like that and and belly majinga literally got spat at and and died of coronavirus oh um, wow yeah 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 during during the pandemic and you know and people are still asking for justice for belly majinga because this is this is clearly it was clearly like someone has has spat on it like if you're gonna spit on someone during a pandemic you know what you're doing in it you know what i mean like the whole everybody's being told like wear a mask don't you know don't lick door handles don't kiss anyone don't our government was telling us not to fuck anybody do you know what i mean so like you know it's it's so obviously like a racist uh incident and yeah like uh, like i said not exactly uh a tube worker but absolutely associated with uh you know the uk rail work yeah. uk transport and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's yeah absolutely and i i assume most tube workers have uh you know experienced similar uh similar abuses and stuff like that so, and it's yeah. just like it's wild like during a, a pandemic like places like you know, not just like, you know, like train stations and stuff, but the actual, you know, on the subway, on the trains themselves. That's just like the 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 last place you want to be during a pandemic, you know? And it's like, these that's, these people have been there the whole time, making sure everything fucking still works, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. So um, I want to briefly, before we uh, invite our guests on to talk, um, I want to briefly touch on the trans uh situation the trans situation in texas um 
and to remind people that Texas is currently genociding trans people, trans kids, mm. but more largely let's just say trans people, because I don't think that the direct um, attack of trans kids and all of anyone associated with them, any so anyone associating and allowing yeah. trans kids to exist, um, attacking all those people, I don't think is just strictly going to affect just the trans kids, as you can imagine. And so um, if you're not familiar, chat, and very briefly, um, Governor Abbott of Texas is has announced that um, puberty blockers are a form of puberty blockers is, um, administered to children. Trans kids is a form of uh, I'm not saying this. He's saying this, that it's a form of child abuse. Um, and so that he said that the parents of those children need to be investigated as if they are child abusers. Any sort of licensed professional working with those kids, such as doctors, teachers, nurses, those all all those people are also arguably child abusers if they work with these kids and don't report those kids. Um, yep. And then anyone in the general population would also be liable and to to be um, reprimanded for being in, having contact with these kids and not reporting them. Um, and yeah. the liability would be something like a fine or even as much as criminal charges. So. Um, it's really, really, really disgusting what Governor Abbott is doing and anyone who agrees with him, even like anyone who has a hand in it. Yeah. And it's actually led to, ironically enough, one of the workers of the um, mm -hmm. one of the workers of the uh, family of uh, what is it called? Family whatever child protective services in Texas, whatever acronym they use. One of the yeah. workers of the child protective services has is now being investigated by other workers of child protective services because they're investigating that worker for child abuse because they have a trans daughter. I think it's a daughter, yeah. a trans child. And what's what's extremely predictable, and I think that a lot of you pretty much saw this one coming, is this has nothing to do with puberty blockers. Not in the rule in the mm -hmm. in the in the investigation, not a single line and the ACLU has covered it. Nothing has been mentioned of puberty blockers. It's merely this person has a trans child. Now we're investigating. And that's, of course, what it's about. It's about trying to extinguish transness. No matter what, whenever, what excuse you provide, oh, puberty blockers, oh, oh, bathrooms, oh, whatever excuse you give, it's just about transphobia. It's just about genociding trans people away. Um, so it's Absolutely. a pretty dire situation, Texas. Um, I know that a judge stopped one of those investigations from occurring, which is great, but didn't stop any of the other ones, which sucks. Um, so it's still happening and it's very real. And so, um, I just wanted to announce that so far what's happening. Um, if anyone has any news, um, I've been trying to keep up with it, but it's kind of, I, I, I'm not the best at keeping up with unfolding events. I usually rely on uh, people in my community to help me out with that. So if any of you have any uh, updates, um, feel free to let me know right now, or maybe even like on stream tomorrow or whatever. Um, because I think we all need to have our fingers on the pulse of this. And not to mention, yeah. I would like to um, uh, shout out and congratulate Keffels, who is a Twitch streamer on this platform, a trans streamer. And they raised over $50,000 in the past 24 hours for trans yeah, yeah. which is really Please incredible. Please go and show some love. Please go and show some love to Keffels. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal yeah. streamer. Just I'm just very, 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 very proud of them. Um, and... Um, I, Sophie is thinking as well about doing a, a, a fundraiser as well. Yeah, I don't I've know been if talking it's about exactly it for a while. Confirmed. I never knew exactly which organization to use. So I might just copy what Keffels did and do the same thing. Um, yeah. That's always the decision you have to make. It's like, okay, what? how are we going to get this done? How are we going to do it? Um, yeah. yeah, and also might I mention that like a lot of the funds being raised, I don't know about that specific organization that Keffels used, but 
other organizations I've seen, and I've actually been involved in in the past, because guess what, chat? Texas didn't just start being transphobic. The South didn't just yeah, start being yeah. transphobic. Nor is the South exclusively transphobic, to be fair. I don't want no, it to yeah. be like mm. South bad. Yeah. Um, but lots yeah. of lots of GoFundMes, more formal and more, more casual, like as an individual, people sometimes run them, are often done for people, trans people, to get out of this part of, of America because it is just yeah. so horrible. Um, and so that's that's something that has always been going on. And especially now, it seems like there's a lot of people that are now actively trying to relocate, like parents trying to actively move because they're like, my kid, I love my kid. And now we're not allowed to exist in this state unless we mm. stop, unless my kid stops being trans and I, or I start trying to oppress yeah. my kid. And so it's very, very horrible. Tra yeah, chaos is Trevor, Pro yeah. Trevor Project. Oh, thanks. Hey, Mel. Hi, Mel. Trevor yeah, Project. Mel. Thank you, Mel. Yeah. Mel in the chat saying Trevor Project and also Keffels um, was raising money for, what was it? Equality Texas? Yeah, Equality Texas Foundation. And I think I someone else dropped this in the chat earlier, the Trans Family Network. Um, I think you can donate to these. They are a, a, a volunteer-run nonprofit dedicated to connecting volunteers across the country with members of the trans community in need. So you can check them out at transfam.net as well. Um, and there's lots of people. There's lots of people who are uh, who are who are doing fundraisers. Keep an eye out on Twitch. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter. Twitter, if you're not already, you know, we're gonna retweet mm -hmm. stuff like that if we see it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's mm -hmm. lots of ways that you can help, and it's incredibly important to be very, very aware of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, wicked. not cool, but yeah, like, good. We got yeah, yeah, not cool at all. No, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay, yeah, cool. those are the things that we wanted to talk about. Right. Well, I'll do my intro. This is the first intro I've ever written. So you know, I need everybody to clap for me because I'm I'm very good, obviously. Right. So. With all the recent attention in the media, the war in Ukraine is getting now is a better time than ever to learn about the threat of imperialism and what it does to countries on what is known as the imperial periphery. Our guest today, Lena, will be joining us to talk about how we could do more to be aware of how the countries we live in in the imperial court strangle the growth and freedom of those not inside it. Gang, what do we know about the phrases imperial core and imperial periphery? We talk about it a lot already. You already know, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're asking me to talk about it? Well, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if this was part of your intro. Are you talking to like, chat or yeah. what's going on right no, now? No, I'm talking. No, when I say, well, I did say gang. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My, no, my... I didn't know if it was like, you know, like a, a, just a rhetorical question. We're in a gang. We're in a gang. Tell yeah, yeah, yeah. What do, you, what do you know about the Imperial Core, the Imperial Periphery? Yeah, well, I think it's, um, it's, it's, I've only really kind of been introduced to the concept recently. And I think it's good because, um, you know, like a lot of people use, terms like the global self or like even like you know like third world countries and stuff like that but when you actually look into the history of a lot of those terms they they're kind of bullshit and they you know like they also kind of um i don't think they are as black and white as you know like as they seem like yeah it's really um like I mean, they're probably just like messy terms that don't really kind of like give us a really good idea whereas um yeah the imperial core is kind of more like i think it um it refers better to you know like countries in the imperial core are like america england and even like yeah australia and new zealand and stuff are definitely imperial core whereas the per periphery uh those countries outside of the core usually um 
yeah, you know, like, uh, countries that are kind of, um, I would say that there is, like, some level of, um, like, the core is generally pushing out on the periphery in some way, whether it's, like, for, um, you know, like, taking in, like, resources or, you know, like, uh, kind of expanding the... I would say expanding the influence of capital and capitalism and things like that. Um, yeah, there's probably a much more concise way of saying it, though. But um, yeah, I would say think of um, think of the imperial core as um, well. For me, how I think of it is the um, the the network of uh, the network of states that kind of make up that I guess set the set the hegemony of capitalism yeah. i think I that's pretty spot on she would have a really more concise uh, way more better concise way of well saying you're, it, you're, you're pretty you're pretty you're spot on. no 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 you're um, pretty spot on like i i would say yeah like you what, what you were saying about the global south the global south is a very poor term to use because um you know at the end of the day like australia and new zealand like you say they're part of the imperial mm. core and they are technically in the global south so it it, it doesn't actually include um uh, it does actually include uh you know yeah. those countries and as well you know calling countries third world countries is incredibly problematic for like several yeah. reasons uh you know at what put like why is there a ranking and, and mm -hmm. generally speaking it's because of the fact that the countries that are in the imperial core are white majority and they are oppressing those countries and so like the ranking mm -hmm. is white supremacist in nature um and you know the white supremacy upholds that imperialism as well um well, but yeah, should we, we bring before oh, we go, yeah, go before we get too deep into it, and I want to bring uh, I want to bring our guest on, but I also have a note from Sophie, so maybe we'll bring our guest on and I can read that oh, yeah. with with well, our guest. Uh, yeah, well, I think Sophie does she want to? I think she I think she might have wanted you to show the the map first, just before we bring Lena in, because uh, like there's a map to bring in and stuff. I don't know, actually, yeah, I think I think maybe we we could do that. Okay, let's just let's let's bring Lena in then. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll do it. Right, I'll right. do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. So um, dragging, dragging Lena in right now. Hey, hey Lena, hey. what's going on? Hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, hello. I'm Lena. Hi. Hi. Hey, Welcome hey, to the Lena. show. Thanks for joining us. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Um. Yeah. So, um, imperialism. Let's let's get into it. Yeah. I think that. <laughs> It's been a it's been a thing that a lot of people have been uh, talking about, especially with regards to Ukraine lately and Ukraine and Russia. But it seems at least the conversations that I've had um, I've had on my stream have been like pretty revealing for you know how how much so many people don't know about these topics yet we do talk about them quite a bit. But before we jump too hard into the deep end on this, um, did you want to quickly introduce yourself to the community so uh, we can we all get to know you a little better? Hi, I'm Lena. I'm just sort of a Twitter person. Um, I grew up in Palestine and I, uh, most of what I do, I'm an IRL activist for the most part. And most of what I do is related to that. But that also brings in like a cursory, not a cursory, a quite detailed understanding of imperialism and sort of how those dynamics play out. That's uh, dope. That's very dope. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, well, you obviously have a wealth of knowledge and experience that you're drawing from. I'm just a white girl in America 
who grew up in the Midwest. So that's my extent. That's ex how much ex experience I've had with imperialism and that I am, you know, in the imperialism. I'm doing the I'm more of the imperialist, I guess, if you could think of it, which uh, does lend does lend me a certain perspective, but it's not all that educated. So um, I'm very glad that you were able to join us and talk to us about this. Um, yeah, so we have a note from Sophie that I don't know if we should read now, but um, I also, where, where, host, where do you think we should start with this conversation? Um, to we have through this? a little, uh, what have you guys got over so far? I'm, oh, nothing really. So, like, we, we oh, just okay. started talking about uh, imperialism, and I was about, to, I was thinking about reading because in the notes, Sophie wrote this long paragraph or this long, like, little kind of an essay, which I think is really great to like set the groundwork yeah, so maybe we on. should read through that but um i think uh, what a great yeah. place to start is to discuss um you know kind of like what imperialism is and i know it sounds like a very silly question but it doesn't i don't think it's all that silly of a question especially since it seems like people that even might have a decent grasp on imperialism when it comes down to it there are certain situations that are tricky for them because it kind of tests their their understanding of it like i think that a lot of us can understand things very imperialist things we can see that okay that's imperialism but i think especially oh, yeah. with the russia ukraine situation right now mm. um a lot of it seems like a lot of people are, are trying to apply these these what they felt like was imperialism to this and they're like no it's not imperialism if america shows up and tries to defend yeah. uh ukraine against russia that's, and it yeah yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Maybe we should um, we yeah. should uh, talk about that in a second. But um, I think maybe yeah. is it cool if we start with the um, the note from Sophie to kind of go yeah, over everything. Yeah, I'll read that then. Um, yeah, because that, I think that's like a kind of like idea. it's like it, it, it seems like it's like a little kind of like brief overview, and then we can go back and we can kind of like talk about everything sure. um, through there. And there's like a little map in there that I think will be really good. Um, bring up. Um, but yeah, also, while we do that, I'm just going to duck out and check on my cat real quick. <laughs> Little so. kitten, okay. So I'll go ahead and read okay, this. Because um, Sophie couldn't be here with us today, chat, because Sophie's mm -hmm. sick with the Rona, unfortunately. So I'm going to read this ahead uh, uh, for everyone. Hey, everyone. Really sad I couldn't be around for this one, but I have COVID. I have a lot to say about imperialism, but just to add my bit here, it's important to remember imperialism isn't just boots on the ground, but media, border control, policy, and economics. American floods, America floods markets around the world with cotton and wheat that they don't need, completely crashing their domestic markets and forcing them to be dependent on this American foreign aid. Right now, this obviously, right now, obviously sanctions are on everyone's minds, but it's important to remember that America nominally helping by giving countries stuff can be just as much of a tool of control as taking things away. The freedom in the free market is the freedom afforded to the most important party, the winner in every deal, and that winner is America and its allies, which is why America is so determined to force the free market on every country in the world, because joining the free market means American domination. All right. I think that's, I, I just want to take a moment to let that sink in for everyone before I move on to the next part. Um, because I think uh, well, the conversation, the discussions we've been having, at least on my stream about like, you know, is it, is it imperialism if America is defending a helpless country against an evil invader which is like the way that people are thinking of it um it's i think that this hopefully addresses those concerns that i honestly as long as america is Mer uh, what it is america 
that it choose it it it's swooping in to try to um to try to re like to try to maintain how do i put it ha huh. hegemony yeah it's a it's a it's a it's hegemony right um it's this it's this benevolence this this so-called benevolence that is actually not truly benevolence because it was truly benevolence um I would we would see America being extremely different than it is and also we would see other countries not just this particular country being um assisted you know um so yeah there I mean I don't want to get too deep into the Ukraine Russia stuff because I kind of want to maybe if we have time we can do that but it's just one of those examples of um I think a confusion that I, I've been noticing a lot of people have, but I, I really appreciate this paragraph because I think I hopefully it clears what? it up for a lot of people. People confused about the Ukraine-Russia conflict? Never. I've not seen any <laughs> of, of that. People, the way a lot of people uh, imagine imperialism is, is as always this sort of boots on the ground direct thing. And it's really not imperial. Mm. And I'll get more into this later. Mm. But imperialism is primarily an economic relation. Mm, okay. Like, yeah. It's it's mostly about uh at least in the modern day especially it's about um the relationship between the core and the periphery and how capital flows between them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Okay, let's get to the next part. Um countries in the imperial core benefited from their natural resources, but countries in the periphery have their natural resources extracted and plundered by imperialist corporations. Countries in the imperial core grew richer through the growth of, their, of the manufacturing sector, industrialization, but manufacturing in the imperial periphery only continues to benefit the imperial core. The reason that everything we use is made by imperial periphery countries today is that our manufacturing boom led to our overcapacity in the global market, which made manufacturing products dirt cheap, which forced other countries to offer competitively low prices for the same goods. And now we've transitioned to a service sector economy and use and we use goods made by people in the imperial periphery. This is a lot to yeah, imagine. Um <clears throat> Chat, are we hanging on so far? I want to check in with chat real quick. I, I, I do okay. want to note one yeah, thing. The export of capital from the core to the periphery uh, is also to allow the periphery to transition away from uh, the feudal mode of production. Like, mm. that's part of it. Transition yeah, yeah. away from this the feudal is, um, mode of production to a capitalist one? Yes. yes. This is um, it has been a huge thing in a lot of the um, kind of um, imperialism, Pacific imperialism from New Zealand and Australia out to all the islands and stuff. Um, yeah, basically transition, like, yeah, expanding um, capitalism in the Pacific has meant moving from traditional way, you know, traditional island ways of life to, um, yeah, basically introducing capitalism sort of thing. So they will go over there and they will set up things like bring in new, like, technology resources and all this kind of stuff but it's for like you know like uh it's like one island banaba off the coast of like um kiribati that they basically just they brought over all these cool things like um they set up all these businesses there, all focused on extraction of like phosphate and things like that and um everyone was really excited they're like yeah all these like you know big machines and like our island is finally doing something and then they just totally just like stripped all the phosphate out of the island and like basically destroyed the island you know like just um yeah total like just uh turn the island into an extraction pro uh project and um 
Yeah, it's this thing where it's like, yeah, the island was developed, you know, in one way, but <laughs> at what cost, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, super, um, super in the chat says it's never to de- enable self-sufficiency, but to develop dependency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So destroying other smaller, you know, like um, there's yeah a lot of stuff in the islands where it'll be like, um, you know, like they'll change the agricultural focus from uh, creating food and things that sustain the island uh over to things that can be exported so then also the island has to depend on you know like trade from other areas to cover their basic needs and things like that Mm -hmm. like uh yeah cool okay um (laughs) thank you lena that was a good note um okay so the imperial core today we'll move on chat the imperial core today is a product of hundreds of years of colonialism followed by the enforcement of free market capitalism, which let the richest countries, rich by stealing everyone else's wealth, get even richer. And we can now, and we can see where the imperial core is very clearly if we look at all the harshest borders in the world. Inside the imperial core is 14% of the population, but 73% of the world's income. Here's a neat map. So this map is something that we've looked at before on this stream. Um, And I think it's really helpful for giving a visual to something that sometimes it can feel like we're being super abstract, like Imperial core, Imperial periphery. It's like, what does that even mean? Um, this is what it looks like. I, I like, and yeah, so it's, you can see that there's little bits of, it's not, you can't avoid entire continents. There are still like pieces of, this is why we can't, when people say global North, global South, I don't think that that really, for a lot of people, yeah, I think yeah. north and south, and like sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what the imperial core looks like, and this is why I think that's probably the best way to describe it because we're just cutting to the chase. Like, who are the imperialists and who are the victims of imperialism? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's I, really good that they have the um, specified uh, sort of like aggressive fronts. So you have like the red in between mm-hmm. the usa oh, yeah, and mexico this is an and aggressive they, and you border have the, that's right the imperial yeah core from the imperial, imperial periphery and then so yeah. is here oh, yeah. that's interesting got, yeah they, they've they've got all that um uh, lettered so yeah you could kind of see like yeah, yeah. where all the hard borders are and stuff and like you, that first one that they talk about is the demilitarized zone in korea um mm-hmm. yeah very very important yeah i'd also like to note to this that oh, with yeah. re- oh. go on oh god Uh, I'd like to note that with regard to this map, especially I'm going to talk about the EU, a lot of uh, nations that are in the EU aren't even really part of the core. Uh, The EU is a financial instrument that exists to guarantee expanded markets for German and French products for Mm. the most part. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's especially like Greece. Look at what happened to Greece after the Greek financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, forced to accept accept austerity and a lot of IMF loans, which are an instrument of financial capital yeah. used to exert yeah. control over the Greek economy. This is the case mm-hmm. for a lot of Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Poland, yeah. Romania, Bulgaria, uh, um, Croatia. Mm. So a lot you... of these countries are also cheap labor sources. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what would you call yeah. some, a place like Greece then? Would that... Would so, label... uh, either either periphery or semi-periphery, which yeah. is a, another mm-hmm. distinction. Probably not semi-periphery, actually. It would be a periphery country. This is why this is why it was such a, an interesting thing in the UK when um, Brexit came around. 
and why no one fucking knew what the fuck they were voting for because obviously that kind of information isn't going to be available to the electorate um, because as far as they're concerned, the EU is just people that make their bananas bendy or some shit. Do you know what I mean? Like they get different types of bananas and stuff. What? I mean, bananas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some absurd shit and like they were, you know, and a lot of people just thought, um, you know, because like Jeremy Corbyn was, uh, is, is quite known for being uh, mm. pro-Brexit. He's actually pro-Brexit and of course, Brexit under a, a Corbyn-led government would have been fine, uh, but of course Brexit under Tory rule is yeah not going so well. So yeah, just a little side note there. My apologies. Please continue. <laughs> All right. So um, that was a really interesting note. Thank you, Lena. Um, I had no idea. That's like that's so. There's these because I guess that that does make sense because sometimes the relationship, like you'll see that. Although we do talk about these divisions, there are, we do live in like the real world where there sometimes aren't such clear cut divisions. And that's like a really interesting point that's, if I can, if I can try to relay it to you to make sure I get it right. You're saying that um, certain, some countries are, have some function as imperial core in that they still receive the um, somewhat of a, like a protective sta uh, status because they are so coveted by other imperial core countries as markets but in actuality they are also thoroughly exploited and absolutely dependent upon imperial core countries yes we, we would refer to these as the semi-periphery okay. uh sometimes it, it depends got it uh semi-periphery nations are ones that are like developing as opposed to undeveloped mm -hmm. and they get a lot of focus and attention for very good reason. These would include like Russia, China, India, uh, South, uh, not South Korea much anymore, Iran, Greece, uh, much of Eastern Europe, Brazil, mm. uh, South Africa, Argentina, Mexico, those kinds of nations. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. That exert a bit more power. They aren't just necessarily pushed around, but they're also like forced into these arrangements, uh, either with or against the periphery for, some particular reason yeah hmm. yeah okay the imf is a major <laughs> arm of imperialism yeah uh absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and it's like yeah it's interesting um because you know like some people will say that you know like the imf is imperialism and then but then they will say that you know like the belt and road initiative is also imperialism whereas i think that there's like you know like I don't think if you really look at them side by side, I don't think it's the same kind of thing when you mm -hmm. consider, like, the IMF, like, a lot of the power of that, um, you know, a lot of the imperialism isn't from the loans, well, it isn't from the, 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 you know, like, the money that they're giving them or whatever like that, it's the the debt afterwards and it's you know the um the kind of like the leaning on repayments of that debt whereas uh you know the belt and road initiative is a lot more um i think it's a it's um the like i don't like the uh, the actual like arrangement the loan arrangement and stuff like that is a lot less aggressive and things so i would yeah yeah like i mean I think there's probably someone out there that is a lot more like kind of equipped to talk about the ins and outs of that. But from my understanding, the Belt and Road Initiative seems like far, far preferable to the IMF. And like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, um, Lena, do you know any more about that? Any more about, sorry. Belt and Road, uh, I, don't, the, I don't know anything about this topic for the record. Uh, I... The AI is mostly a way to guarantee uh overland and sea routes for Chinese to transport Chinese goods between 
China and Western Europe mostly. Yeah. So they're um they're like uh building infrastructure along the way, sort of thing like that. Whereas like so, a lot of these like you know like places are like hey um, you know like like this is a, a mutually beneficial arrangement or whatever like that. So it's like they're kind of not really like you know. Whereas like the IMF is like we'll help you build infrastructure, but well we'll give you the money to build infrastructure and that, but you kind of owe us for you know like whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas um yeah my understanding is like a lot of these nations are like instead going for going towards china and being like actually yeah you know like this will this will benefit us both if we build um infrastructure together without like these like aggressive loans and stuff but um china is also in the semi-periphery it's a or it's moving china is a state in transition very much Mm. so Hmm. all right um I'm going to read the last part. Oh, unelectable airwaves is a uh, brought up a little point. IMF loans dictate the pace of privatization. Don't think BR, BRI does the same. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, my... BRI is mostly to build infrastructure yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but, um, for yeah. movement of goods. Yeah, but it seems like a lot of people, well, like I think Twitter people be like, you know, like you think the IMF is, you know, is imperialism. What about China and the Belt and Road Initiative? Is like, oh, yeah, well, it's like it's it's it's, game, it's, you know? it's a lot of. We live in the American propaganda sphere. It's yeah. we're going to hear so much more about more minor stuff that our yeah, imperial yeah, yeah. enemies do. Especially like the, all the um, BRI stuff throughout Africa and stuff, you know, like there's like a lot of these people being like, oh, China are trying to take over Africa, and you know the. BRI thing is like their back door and it's like no they're just like I don't think that's it at all <laughs> but, uh, anyway I mean like if we spend if we spend too much time talking about all the wild things we hear in, um, in yeah. western media we'll probably be here all day so yeah. um, should we move should we move along <laughs> let me let me read this last paragraph uh, um, in yeah. discussion of you from Sophie in discussion of Ukraine it's worth acknowledging that EU membership and other factors is something that can allow countries to move from the periphery to the core and shows how the and shows how it is still a messy distinction but for the most part this map shows us where the lines are drawn no more imperialist wars no more of a class war okay I'm going to back to lie down so that's that's the end. Um, thank you. And this so is kind of thank you. So that was the stuff. Lena, what, you, Lena, what you were discussing, um, I think Sophie kind of touches on it. This like EU membership allowing countries to be on that like transition between periphery and core, or at least at least uh, Sophie is kind of alluding to a messiness of the distinctions, and um, like you were saying, which I found I found very I, I, interesting. I'd actually like to counter this. I Ooh. can't think of a country that has been moved from the periphery to the core after joining the EU. I think the purpose yeah. of trying to get Ukraine into the European Union is to treat it much like Poland and mm. Bulgaria are already treated as a source of cheap labor and for markets for uh, German and French goods. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do I you think, think it's I like think maybe like... On. Like, I can see... Um, like the idea of moving from the periphery to the core being a promise made by the eu like i think that that is um you know like uh when we're looking at the you know what is sold to people as the benefits of joining the eu i can definitely see that as a thing but that's interesting that nobody has shifted you know because it's kind of like that's one of the um 
you know, like the the whole thing is like, you know, come join the EU, come sit at our table, you know, mm. reap the benefits. But uh, yeah, interesting that um, that you said that no one has actually shifted that position. Well, um, it's interesting if you think of like descriptions of imperialism as ex the exportation of capitalism, because considering mm. that definition, it is very akin to like saying, hey, um, if you simply toe the line and like. A, like hang out with us and agree with us and you're going to become a jeff bezos one day or something this type of pipe dream that's given to workers to keep them on the hook and to give them sell them this illusion of becoming one of the big dogs um i don't know i can see parallels between that type of like uh that type of culture created out of capitalism being uh transformed into this one where it's you're selling countries on a dream of becoming one of the big bad bullies you know Pretty much, yeah. This is what happened to uh, Japan and Korea after mm. the Second World War. Uh, oh, yeah. Economic, uh, actually, no, I don't think that term applies. But uh, a lot of them, like Japan's basically a one-party state, right? Like, there is one party yeah. that controls most of the parliament. And that party yeah. has been in power for decades. And it is the only political force and it enforces this mode of capitalism uh, that was imported from the U.S. South Korea, even more so. Uh, South Korea makes it, the South Korean government makes it illegal to support a lot of left-wing causes. And it's mainly used as a U.S. military base, mm. even though it's like on paper economically prosperous. Yeah, I've heard. I've actually heard that from uh, a few uh, Korean people I've seen on Twitter about how like um, they're absolutely sort of sick to death of the fucking the attempted Westernization of loads of shit in in Korea and stuff. And it's like a whole, there's a whole like cultural erasure that happened because of the war and stuff. Um, yeah, and they just be, like you say, just like literally like use it as a front for North Korea. You know, to yeah. to sort what, of like what do you think? would happen to South Korea and Japan today if they said, okay, we want your U.S. military bases out, would they be the economically prosperous powers they are today? Yeah. No, would yeah, they continue yeah. to hold that position? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, That's it. yeah. Oh, yeah, we got Mel saying, yeah, Korea is an occupied state by the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I mean, it's not even like, miseducation it's just like a total lack of education about um yeah in general just you know the korean peninsula and its history and um yeah like yeah politics and stuff and and all you know like just like nobody in the west knows what the fuck they're talking about that. you know it's just like it's like good korea and bad korea you know it's like yeah and i mean it's like when you look at you look at the media and you look at all the movies and all the kind of gags and stuff like that it's like you know like yeah, people have no idea. They don't know what America did to Korea. It's it's completely fucked. And this is why oh, I always God, feel so like fucked. this is why mm. I'm always very like insecure to like discuss any of this stuff. And I always try to like keep my mouth shut because as much as I feel like sometimes I have these ideas about how the rest of the world works, I have to remember how, like from this conversation alone, I'm already getting blown away with so much of the knowledge that y'all are talking about that Lena's bringing to the table, and it mm. just reminds me of how little I do know about this stuff. And also how much confidence I as an American have 
in the knowledge that I think I have. Like American propaganda is lended Americans this idea that we got, we understand what the fuck is going on in the rest of the world. And it's whatever our American propaganda has told us. And um, it's very much not accurate. And it, but it does lend that yeah. sense of false security. Um, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Be, be okay saying you, um, yeah. be okay admitting to yourself chat that you don't know a lot of things so those of you who know more that's that's great that's awesome you're wonderful um mm. keep it up but for i know a lot of my viewers are uh probably very similar to me in that we're we're still learning and so i hope that um this is this is so far it is an informative episode for you and will continue to be so so yeah imagine knowing things yeah. cringe it's very cringe. Don't be, don't <laughs> be, that's it. Don't be afraid I mean, of being cringe. You know, you might think it's cringe to like not know everything on a subject and stuff, but that level of cringe is fine. Do you know what I mean? There's like an acceptable level of cringe. You're and cringe. You need to so. not be afraid of that. Exactly. It's, it's not even. It's not even limited to like U.S. like Asian satellite states or like POC states. Uh, the Australian government experienced a coup in 1975 mm -hmm. because they were sort of moving away from u.s hegemony you know <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. like a lot of it. a lot of people would find that ridiculous but it's part and parcel of american foreign policy mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it's wild it's like it's so like all you know all over the world it's just like anyone takes a step away from <laughs> America and it's like oh there's a coup like mm -hmm. that's so weird well that's and what coup. that's kind of like yeah. what happened that's kind of what happened with um we touched on this earlier we're, in the UK uh we were sort of like very very you know union focused and stuff um um wait I'm not sure if we did talk about this I think I might be remembering a Sean video that I watched earlier today uh but yeah so the UK used to be very sort of like labor focused and union focused and uh, and shit like that back in the in the seventies after the war and stuff, and then, you know, Margaret Thatcher came in and just fucking battered the unions, uh, you know, just absolutely trashed them and stuff. And it's like this yeah. this stuff happens all the time. Like it wasn't necessarily like a coup in the UK, but it was certainly like an arm of of the neoliberal agenda to like destroy uh, the union the unions and stuff in the UK. Mm. So yeah, it happens happens very, very regularly. Actually even within countries now known to be in the Imperial core. Yeah, I mean look at the, So yeah. Even though I'm, I'm not saying this is a coup, but sometimes I'll describe it as a coup just because I'm feeling inflammatory. But the way that the um America treated Bernie Sanders, specifically the Democratic Party, um I don't think Bernie Sanders is an anti imperialist. I don't think that even remotely. Mm. But I think he does represent um the start of an awakening of the working class in building solidarity with each other instead of relying on an external source like the state to provide it for them even though he is an elected yeah. official and that's very much dependent upon the state i do i'm very aware yeah, of this yeah. but the fact that he was a grassroots run candidate who actually inspired people to like he was radical in if you agree to nothing else he was radical in the manner in which he brought people together and and got them thinking, hey, maybe if we just stuck to with each other, us workers, we could actually accomplish something just the workers. And that alone, I think, um, I, the other things he proposed, but I think that that was probably the biggest threat to the establishment. So it doesn't have to, that I would say America is absolutely part of the imperial core. Um, so I think, yeah. like I said, I don't think he's an anti-imperialist, but you see similar shades of this where anytime anyone's trying to step away from that narrative, mm -hmm. the narrative of imperial core, 
uh, oppresses the imperial periphery and America always has to approve of everything, everyone's business. And if you, they don't approve, then you're, it's going to be a bad time for you. Like if you start to veer away from, from that, it seems like, you know, the something shit comes crashing down on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Start getting all these like weird, like far right radicals start getting like mysterious donations in your country, and it's like that's, you know. that's less. That's less so uh, a product of like imperial control, and more that you know, following the Second World War, a lot of Nazi sympathizers in Western Europe uh, were weren't prosecuted; they were placed in positions of government. Uh, yeah, a yeah. friend noted to me that a. Uh, one of the guys who was part of the Dutch Nazi party was made chief of police in Amsterdam to hunt communists in the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking wild. There's, there's been a like... systemic and continuous dismantlement of the labor movement in yeah. the West since the 50s. Mm. But anyway, yeah. Well, uh, you wanted to um, start off with uh, a few points, didn't you, Lena? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, honestly, do you fully understand the nature of imperial relations you kind of have to start at the beginning so you kind of have to start with the beginnings of colonial rule and the two subjects are distinct but they're sort of very interlinked um uh as in imperialism is the highest stage of capitalism it originates when uh capitalist states need to export finance capital to the periphery and so you can't get that without the net influx of resources mm -hmm. that you get from colonial exploitation. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So you have these five colonial powers, Portugal, Spain, England, France, and the Netherlands, and they sort of divide up much of the Americas and India between them. Uh, and through this, you get this evolution of Dutch and English capitalism. And from this begins uh, the start of imperial relations. Uh, you get the mercantile system, which re requires the import of bullion, raw goods, and the export of manufactured goods. This is sort of the low stage, and this results in this primitive accumulation of capital in the core. But once you get this industrialization, then suddenly you have uh, specifically Britain, because for most of the 19th century, it was Britain. Britain was the dominant imperial power. Uh, mm -hmm. you get the British uh, sort of enforcing and forcibly opening markets to export uh, manufactured goods in other countries. Uh, specifically, I think the example that's most key is the Opium Wars. Mm. Um, China was, and sort of is like naturally, one of the largest exporters of goods on the planet, but Britain had a net deficit of bullion export, had a net deficit in trade with them. So they ended up losing a lot of bullion out of their treasury in exchange for Chinese goods. When you, when you say bullion, so, is it like literally bullion? Gold, literally gold and silver. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Got it. Um, and so you get this conflict, which results in... Uh, what the Chinese called the century of humiliation, the forcible opening of what was at the time the last market in the world to uh, British finance capital. You get Hong Kong being built in mm. order to manage trade in this manner. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Sorry, I'm just reading over my notes. No, that's no okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is all. This is all really, really important shit, as you say. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the history is absolutely key to it. Speaking of notes, chat, chat. I hope you're all taking copious notes, right? Chat. I hope because there may or may not be a quiz at any point. Chat. You never know. You a never know. Quiz. This is um. A form of violence. It's knowledge-based violence. The threat of the quiz makes you. Uh, the threat of the to... quiz is um, authoritarian. <laughs> That's say. right. That's yeah. right. You have to. You have to adhere to to the learning. Otherwise, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's a struggle station. Mm-hmm. That's right. British <laughs> British activity in India and China was the first kind of sort of economic infiltration and empire building. Of this kind, it was unprecedented in global history. Uh, hold on, yeah. They did. They did a, a whole bunch of horrific shit to the, uh, to like the king of India, right? I heard um, that they like pretended to be friends with like the top general, like a British general pretended to be like friends with one of the Indian top generals, uh, and kept like just giving him little hints of like, hey, you ever think about being king? And shit like that, and just being like, oh, it wouldn't be crazy if you just were king. Like, imagine, like, you got a load of guns as well. Like, you could just yeah, do yeah. it, you know. And uh, and then apparently, like, he did kill the king of India, and then he was like, yeah, you're gonna make me king now. And they and the British just murdered him. Like, for, for oh, most shit. Of the period, for most of the period constituting uh, industrialization, and for most of the period beforehand, uh, most of the economic activity was focused on building up massive reserves of gold and silver. Uh, right. This was the foundation of the Spanish Empire for a very long time, was taking resources from the earth. And even when it wasn't that, it was still the ex- resource exploitation, just of a different sort. You see this also in the North American British colonies, mm. uh, where it's focused on the plentiful and fertile soil, which you can use to grow rice, uh, in indigo, that sort of thing. They didn't really care about the peoples of the area. They wanted... Yeah. It wasn't even a labor relation. It was in order to simply take these raw resources. Mm. But as the resources got depleted the assets left in those places was the labor of the people there. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Hmm. So once the a- assets are depleted and you still have this like captive, exploited, dependent workforce, is that what we're saying? Then, then what happens after yeah, that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Then what, uh, yeah. So the, how do we, how, what happens after that in the story? So you start, so Lenin describes, uh, imperialism as sort of a merging of manufacturing and finance capital um i have my notes here yeah Uh, chat should be taking notes so that's so all these so if you need to take a pause then chat can catch up because chat is taking notes that's right chat and i'm also taking notes definitely definitely was taking notes the whole time Definitely didn't forget to take notes last time. So, so in contrast to this previous sort of competitive capitalism between imperial states, you get this sort of monopoly capitalism. Uh, you get people moving from the core to the periphery, not out of any sort of you know basic human migration, but to establish enterprises there 
mm-hmm. that can be used to exploit the labor of those places. Mm-hmm. That sort of economic relation is relationship is flipped on its head. Okay. Uh, and this and this sort of began to take hold in the latter half of the nineteenth century. Okay. Uh, and you see this mainly in Britain first. Uh, we we call this period the the British century for a reason, uh, Pax Britannica. And that was because Britain was basically essentially the sole dominant power. But a new power began to rise uh, starting around the 1870s, and that was the German Empire. Hmm. Uh, And with the rise of the German Empire, the last major region on Earth that hadn't totally succumbed to imperial domination, which was the continent of Africa, got divided at the Congress of Berlin. And this was sort of the end of it. This there was no more territory to conquer. There was nothing else. Hmm. So now you have these two competing empires, Germany and Britain. And the British were really, really scared of increasing German influence. And so you get this sort of uh competition uh beginning in 1886 and continuing into the early 20th century. You have the Anglo-German naval arms race. You have the formation of great imperial power blocks in continental Europe. Uh, And sort of this is all coming to a head. There's so much writing at stake. And then the First World War breaks out. Which is explicitly a war between imperial powers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is where the relevance to today's conversation comes in, because this is when Lenin was sort of active in the socialist parties of Europe. And his position, along with Karl Liebknecht, or Liebknecht, uh, was uh, that socialists should strive to make their power stand down, to not involve themselves in this. Mm. And this is called revolutionary defeatism. Hmm. Opposition so, to inter-imperialist war. So this is like the no war but class war type perspective where it's like any war between these powers is going to serve capitalist capitalism or in this case you could just straight up just say I guess in imperialism or, or the or the or the ruling class, you know, um it will will yeah. never serve the proletariat. Is that a fair like I don't yes, I don't know a lot exactly. about Lenin, but yeah. I'm trying yeah, yeah. to learn. Inter inter-imperial war serves only mm-hmm. to hurt the working class of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw um, some people just recently, you know, like um, trying to do dunks on, I think it was like the the Brit- the um, Communist Party of Britain, where they had put out a thing saying, you know, like, we, our position is that, you know, the UK shouldn't get involved in this or whatever. And mm-hmm. people were using it as a shot to take dunks. I saw some person was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, the British Communists, and, uh, opposed getting involved in World War Two as well. You know, this was like their party line or whatever. And it's like I feel, feel like you know people using it as a like, oh, but they didn't they didn't want to fight the Nazis. But I think it's like no, it's like a pretty consistent position of mm-hmm. you know like a lot of communist parties around the world that working class people they shouldn't send working class people to mm-hmm. go die in inter imperialist conflicts yeah. and yeah. things like that. Like yeah. I don't think this is a surprising take. And I think that like anyone that looks at this and finds this like surprising or like shock you know, like mm-hmm. or whatever is probably doesn't know about what 
you know, like they don't know what communist parties are or what they're trying to do. Really. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing as well, isn't it? It's like everybody in Britain is always too quick to forget just like how fascist we have been all yeah. over the world in our, yeah, in yeah, our yeah. empires, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's, hey, we it's, don't it's forget absurd. That. Yeah, no, for sure. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you get in 1902, this guy, his name is uh, John A. Hobson. And uh, he was sort of one of the first to write on this mode, this shift in how capitalism functions. Um, there were anti-imperialists before him. There was the Anti-Imperialist Society in the United States, for example, that opposed U.S. Uh, war on Spain. Uh, and the annexation of the Philippines. But Hobson was one of the first to write on this. And his whole thing was that imperialism was sort of this combination of nationalist and capitalist fervor that results in exploitation overseas for the benefit of business by governments. Uh, But he did not see this as inherent to capitalism. He saw it as something that could be fixed. Lenin breaks with him on this. Also, he was a massive anti-Semite. But regardless, <laughs> Lenin breaks with him on both of those and sees this as not the a result of a side result of capitalism that could be avoided, but the highest stage in which mm. nations need to open up foreign markets and need to export finance capital in order to maintain their own economies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense, right? You know, it's, like, this, like, uh, this mindset of, like, yeah, like, uh, constantly growing, forever growing and stuff. You're going to need to keep finding new places to extract resources from uh, and everything like that, you know? Like, it's um, it, it's easy to see it as a continuation of the same thing or, like, the logical conclusion, you know? Exactly. Uh, so Lenin's writing on this in 1916. Uh and then, and then, uh, you get the interwar period between the wars. And yeah. during this period in the Second World War, or and immediately afterward, uh, the British Empire is in decline. It's dying out. Uh, state uh, territories of the British Empire are breaking away, and they are forming their own independent states, not under yeah. formal control by the British state. And this uh, comes to its head at. Uh, during the Suez Crisis, in which both the Anglo and French empires are uh, humiliated utterly and politically and just break apart. Mm. Most remaining territories leave or there's uh, revolutions like in Algeria. Yeah. Um, And public sentiment turns against open control of foreign territory. Uh, this was, yeah, that was the first Suez crisis. There is a second one, but it's not particularly relevant. Um, so the role of global imperial hegemon gets handed off, essentially, from one side of the Anglosphere to the other. Yeah. America is now the center of not only like the Western block of military powers, but also uh, the new imperial core. Mm-hmm. It is the United States which fuels a lot of this. And then you get yeah. the Cold War in which mm-hmm. there is competition between the socialist bloc of the Soviet Union and the 
Western imperialist and capitalist bloc of the U.S., but you can't just conquer a nation. You're not allowed to just annex foreign territory as a colony. That's frowned upon. That's considered bad. So (laughs) you get institutions, international institutions, after the founding of the United Nations, like the IMF and the World Bank. Yeah. And these institutions, uh, now that you can't just directly control a country's politics, uh, use loans in order to control uh, mm-hmm. internal uh, financial and economic policy. Mm-hmm. You, and uh, I think the example I want to point you to the most is uh, Argentina. Uh, in the 70s. Argentina took out a lot of loans to build up infrastructure and to build wealth. Argentina in the early 20th century was one of the richest nations on earth with an average, with a per capita income higher than that of the United States. But it had fallen behind and it was trying to build back up. Uh, So it took out a lot of loans. And then, I'm, I'm checking my notes. Uh, it defaulted. It wasn't able to pay them back uh, at all. And I'm so sorry. I'm just no, looking at this. No, just... it's fine. Yeah, honestly, you're doing great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't try. I'm just kind it's of cool. astounded at how, like, young America's dom- like superpower status, like, how how young it is. Like, I, I, it just you always assume that America's kind of always just been like the top dog and it's in a way, but like it really hasn't. And I think it's just, I think this flies in the face of American exceptionalism, obviously pretty hard, mm-hmm. but it, it does. I, I don't think this is something that America likes to flex or like least likes to discuss that. Like we just yeah. started being like th- historically, like we are not, it's been, it's been a second that we've been the superpower. Um, had this hegemony and it is pretty violent and pretty widespread obviously but like um sometimes in it, it you think that it's been like this forever like it feels like capitalism has always been the system america has always been oh, yeah. number one or whatever but no it's definitely that, um, this uh that leguin quote about the um divine right of kings um which is really good uh what is it it's uh we live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable. So did the divine right of kings. Any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings. It's the same thing, you know? Like, we feel like, mm-hmm. you know, like, Western hegemony, capitalism, you know, like, US kind of control has, you know, it seems inescapable, but so did, you know, everyone thought fucking the divine right of kings to be mm-hmm. <laughs> rulers. Like, well, that yeah. was just how it was always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we should, um, we should carry yeah. on with so yeah, so following this a lot of the a lot of the real wage in Argentina just sort of collapsed a lot of the economy collapsed people tried to implement austerity but uh it just didn't work out and even though uh and the country just didn't receive the foreign investment that it had come to depend on uh so much turmoil occurred that the government faced a military coup in 1976, uh, by the Argentine armed forces, Henry Kissinger, by the way, was the one who arranged this. Oh, uh, what began was called the National Reorganization Project uh, mm-hmm. process, and 
Argentina fell under a right-wing dictatorship, uh, which sought to rectify this problem. Uh, and that's, that's the case for a lot of Latin American countries. And this is well. and this is how it goes yeah. in South America and in Africa and in Asia and everywhere else. So much foreign investment, uh, which is used to make these countries dependent on the imperial court, which is who are yeah. the ones who provide these loans and this investment. And it's fucking wild when you look at like Henry Kissinger's personal involvement in so many of these things. It's like, mm. you know, like the man was like, has his fingers in every like evil little pie, like an absolute yeah, he's monster. Easily one of the worst people. Absolutely. Thomas, Thomas Sankara took power in yes. Burkina Faso mm. at some point. I forget when he came to power. Exactly. Uh, it was the seventies. Um, he, he, he yeah. yeah, yeah, the seventies. He he decided that he was going to be independent, that he was going to focus on yeah. producing and building infrastructure, and that he was going yeah, to be yeah. independent of the imperial core. And then he got. I bring up a photo of him, by the way, because I can't stand looking at this gremlin anymore. <laughs> who, who are we bringing up a photo? He wanted. He wanted. Uh, Thomas he Sankara. wanted. Right, he wanted to make Burkina Faso independent. By means of producing its own food, by means of producing its own infrastructure, by means of becoming an economic power in West Africa. And he, when he tried to abandon the uh, West African franc, which is the uh, sort of economic bloc controlled by France, he wanted to give it up. He was cooed for that. And yeah. the government which came after him... Uh, reintroduce dependence on western power on western loans and yeah. dismantled everything he did and this is what happens sankara was so based in fact that he like actively made men in africa um do everything that women did one day a week because he realized how like fucked up patriarchy was he was like we're gonna have a week where men look after the children, they go do the shopping, know, they clean the houses. <laughs> yeah, literally, like he was like, "Yeah, we're we're literally gonna do that." Um, but like he was based in so many ways, and it was such a shame. Like he literally got murdered by like someone he thought was like a really good friend and comrade. I think the guy's yeah. name was Dan um, oh no, I can't remember his name, but it begins with a D, I think, uh, or a G. And and he and he basically he got he got murdered by him, even though a lot of his close-knit people were like yo this guy is going to shoot you like he's going to yeah. fucking kill you and he was like no we gotta trust people like you know he's he's yeah, been yeah. friends for years and stuff and yeah he just he just fucking murdered he him it's real up. sad yeah Mel's and he was out in the chat like how he um he got everyone completely vaccinated which over you know and, yeah uh, the time was completely yeah. like not a thing happening he um and how he he actually shifted the culture to become more progressive over time like he he didn't just come in and he was like all right everyone were passing a law to respect women, you know, like, yeah, no, like, he did it so like well. Yeah, yeah. Like over time, he gradually shifted the culture. Um, and you know, like this is a guy that, you know, they were like, people are going to kill you or whatever. And he would still walk down to the market by himself, you know, like any, he wasn't, he wasn't like, you know, sitting in some gated he, mansion. He replaced or anything like that. all of the government vehicles with super cheap yeah. cars. Like he sold yeah, them yeah, off yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, so, in 1991, at the end of 1991, the USSR falls. It's over. The nation's dead. Uh, and suddenly, this Western bloc, which had for years been doing these things to oppose communist influence, suddenly had no more opponents. So 
they they'd pull back, right? The world will remain as it is. Nope. IMF, uh, the IMF gives out way more money in loans. Uh, way more foreign investment is conducted by the United States and Western Europe. Uh, the rates of foreign intervention increases. The Gulf War had only happened a year before. Uh, the West, now unopposed, grows even more bold in what it attempts to do. And in the heart of the former Soviet Union, it uh, installs Yeltsin uh, in order to deregulate the Russian economy mm-hmm. and to sell off Russian assets. And what happens is that these Russian ins- these state institutions get sold off for scrap to the lowest bidder, privatized completely. Hmm. Yeah, and that's why it's such a joke when, you know, people nowadays are like, oh, yeah, Russia, they're communists. Like, you know, you get these right-wingers in America who are like, um, oh, yeah, we need to fight against we need to fight against Russia because it's communist. But then they also say, well, actually, Russia's pretty base because they don't like gay people, you know, and trans people and stuff. So it's just like that bizarre, like, double fucking take that they've got there. Like, it just it, it completely like just wrong on all counts you know um obviously they're right about russia not liking lgbtqia plus folk but uh you know definitely incorrect about communism like they just they gutted it they gutted the entire thing and there are so many people who are like um yeah we remember it being like shit under communism um but it's actually way worse now anyway so like you know it's it's kind of like most most people who were alive in soviet russia um and are still alive now you know they're kind of just like well it seemed like it was a better it was a better thing it's not everyone obviously because lots of people have uh uh you know changed their ideas since since living under capitalism and stuff but they it caused all sorts of bizarre things that like caused the rise of the nazbol movement in russia which is like such a bizarre thing it was that was happening around the time of the fall of the the ussr and it was such a, an odd mishmash of like uh, Nazis and you know hardened communists and. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always been like that kind of like um yeah like you know like the whole national Bolshevik thing or whatever like has yeah there's always been like a kind of element there but um oh 100 percent the national Bolshevik party in Russia was sort of an absurdist party by uh yeah. I believe his name is Andrei Limonov it That's wasn't yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was intended to be purposefully ridiculous, but sort of Limanov's thing was that, like, he thought that what Russia needed was an absolutely absurd party yeah. to whatever was popular, whatever conception absolute was Absolute shit poster, right? Like, <laughs> like, that guy would absolutely be on Twitter these days. Yeah. Limanov's a piece of shit, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, he, yeah, he was a disgusting piece of shit. So we see this emboldening. And sorry this history section is dragging on so long. It's just important. It's important. I mean, history's long. (laughs) Yeah. So you (laughs) see the first steps of this in Iraq. And Iraq had already gone through the Gulf War. It had been devastated already. And the U.S. uh, says, we're going to sanction you. And these sanctions are murderous, brutal, uh... With no more bloc to oppose them, they have a universally applied sanctions regime. Uh, in Iraq. And 
this sanctioned regime kills 500,000 children and hundreds of thousands of adults. Mm. And after this devastation, uh, 9-11 happens and the U.S. says, well, we're just going to invade. Yeah. And kills a million more. And this invasion, A, quieted an anti-U.S. voice in the world and B, opened up a foreign market and not necessarily because the Iraqi people wanted iPhones and televisions and stuff. But sort of conflict takes on a new form at this point, which is uh, bad if you're an Iraqi civilian or an American or anyone else. But it's really yeah. good if you're a Lockheed Martin or a Raytheon executive or a shareholder. You get these drawn out occupations that take decades and waste so much money and resources. And, uh, but it's really, really good for driving up the profits of these defense companies, of this military industrial complex. So they do it. Hmm. Yeah, like, obviously, like, that's the, the, the main fucking reason that they went in there and did that in it. Um, and I feel like um, there's something, someone, it was Hillary Clinton recently, wasn't it? Talking about like fucking Afghanistan and uh, Russia. Like she was, she was like talking about how like, oh, you know, uh, Russia tried to fucking invade Afghanistan and stuff, which is like also not entirely true. The, the Soviet Union went into Afghanistan to support uh, a, a like communist socialist party that were basically democratically elected there. Um, and the the people who were fighting against them, the Mujahideen, were like funded by the U.S. and the, and the fucking and the U.K. Yeah, you to, know. To, to, to... yes, literally to destabilize it. And it was so absurd that she literally brought that up to to sort of like you know compare what was happening in Ukraine. It's like oh, Russia does this all the time and like goes in and it's like what are you talking about? It's two completely different uh, scenarios that you're on about. It's so absurd. Uh, but yes, yeah, uh, not only that, but starting with the Gulf War, the U.S. implemented a no-fly zone over the nation of Iraq, and this no-fly zone would last until the beginning of the Iraq War. Uh, the reason why the Iraq War was over so quickly was because Iraq was literally not allowed to have an air force. The U.S. blew up every Sorry. Iraqi fighter plane that took off, mm. and you know. Think about how people are calling for a no-fly zone to be established over Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. I think people don't understand what that means. I think they, they think that no-fly zone means like, oh, we're just going to, you know, make it so they can't fly planes in and out of the area or something. It's like, no, it means that they will shoot down anything they see. Literally anything. You know, like yeah. literally, like that's that's, that's it, an it means It means war. anything in the air over yeah. that area yeah. is shot down. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. At the point at which that no-fly zone was issued, by the way, there were only three no-fly zones in, in the world. One over Bosnia, one over Libya, and one over Iraq. Mm-hmm. Right, of course. Like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, and that's that's another, like, conflict area as well. Like, like completely pertinent to what you were saying earlier about, like, the EU or like maybe countries being in Europe doesn't necessarily mean they're in, in the the Imperial core. Like Bosnia was somewhere that was like absolutely fucked over 
uh, and that's it's it's basically Europe, like the Balkans. You know, look, look look at the state of Libya right now. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. Do people really want that for Ukraine? Yeah, 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 absolutely. This is it. This is it. Fucking um, slave markets. Fucking. Yeah, yeah, legitimate. And like, this is what happens, right? You know, like, um, yeah, and it, it's wild. Like, this is we've seen this happen. We've seen this play out so many times, you know. Yeah. And it's wild because, uh, like, it seems like in a lot of uh, media that I have been exposed to, there hasn't been too much. Like, and I mean, like, you know, more mainstream media, there hasn't been too much kind of um, pushback against the kind of, like, you know, the US and the NATO kind of line of, like, you know, this is the, you know, like, uh, that we need to push back, we need to, you know, do sanctions, we need to, you know, like, establish a no-fly zone or whatever like that. It seems like what I remember from growing up with, you know, like, Iraq and stuff like that, there was, like, always... um, like, the, you know, there was, like, people speaking out. There was, like, musicians. It was, like, I remember, like, in the newspaper over here and stuff, there would be, you know, people talking about it being, like, hey, is this what we should be doing? Is it whatever? But um, it's wild. I mean, maybe it just is, like, a kind of, you know, speaks to how, um, I guess, like, the media's become more, um, I guess, I mean, I'd say, like, um, more entrenched in, um, or I guess, like, the like less uh there's like less um i would say less alternative voices in um in media you say well actually not even that like i would say like you know like there's a lot of um you know like a lot of big publishing um outfits did speak against the war back in the day or whatever like that even in like kind of corny liberal ways or whatever like that but um it just seems like everyone is kind of a little bit more like under the thumb these days i'm not sure what's up with that but um if, if you yeah. If you want to hear about the one over Bosnia, I would suggest looking up Operation Deny Flight. Oh, yeah. Operation Deny Flight. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, a lot of people, they don't understand what this, what it means to say, like, no fly zone. So I see, like, a lot of, you know, like, the liberal kind of infographic types are saying, like, you know, like, why we should have a no fly zone. It's like, you don't realize what you're, what you're talking about here, you know? Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah I've been seeing that, that a but lot. Yeah, no, People mm. talk about no-fly zones, and it's especially being peddled by very not smart people on the internet. And like, I keep seeing them <laughs> yeah. come out in droves, like yeah. talking, like, flexing this so-called expertise on no-fly zones. And I'm like, what is a no-fly yeah, yeah. zone, and why is it only dumbasses talking about it right now? That's the only vibe. That's the only information I have on no-fly zones. And, I've talked about it. it. We never got into it, really, but that's it. That's it's the same thing. with, like, sanctions and stuff as well. You know, people saying, like, sanctions are a way towards peace. Like, sanctions... Like, Putin doesn't give a fuck about sanctions. No, 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 no sanctions regime has ever worked. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just tell you that right now. No yeah, 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 sanctions yeah, regime has ever accomplished its stated goal. They have accomplished their goals, which is to immiserate the populace of whatever country yeah, they're yeah, yeah. The working yeah. class population are the ones. Like, you see, like, already, you know, like, PayPal and all these other uh, payment, you know, like, uh, verification transaction services, whatever, have, um, you know, started rejecting, uh, you know, Russian transactions and things like that. So you get all these people, like you know, gig workers, um, artists, even, like, streamers, uh, a lot of Twitch streamers in in Russia are now, like, completely out of work. You know, anyone that already had, like, a precarious income or whatever, like, you know, like, now it's even more compromised or whatever. You know, like, I, these people I, are saying, like, they're just the, completely fucked. 
the stated goal is is to like you know uh get ordinary russians to rise up against the government but like i have a queer friend in russia and she's like you know like 19 and i send her money occasionally because she fucking needs it and i sent her like 300 bucks because i knew like switch was going to be taken down and now i can't send her shit i can't help her what's she gonna do against fucking the russian government well here's the little these people like they have no money or time to do that anymore you know i had an absurd interaction on twitter today with someone who was saying that like sanctions against russian twitch streamers was a good thing did you see that because it, they were saying like oh Something yeah every si- every single russian person's taxes go- goes towards their their wars and i was like how do you feel about like the uk and us citizens yeah, yeah. whose taxes go towards their wars and of course that fucking you know that idiot just didn't even yeah. respond to that because they're just they just uh, uh, you know basically repeat what they fucking heard they repeat what they've heard people in the ruling class say which is like Mm. russians need to be punished do you know what i mean because of course people in the ruling class don't give a fuck about people in russia who would oppose uh you know what's going on there and stuff it's uh, absurd i want to i want to repeat something that um uh crowd babe said because i think it's really important i know we we we're we're absolutely saying it but i want to say it straight up that there's no such thing as targeted sanctions that 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 uh, that hurt only the leaders sanctions because i've seen liberals i even tweet about this this morning i think we was re- we were reading this article the other day on stream and i had a tweet about this morning because i couldn't stop thinking about it. this this liberal who is like he's like one of the main contributors to lgbtq nation i'm not really sure what's going on there but like he wrote mm. this thing about how like we should be like issuing targeted sanctions at putin and the russian oligarchs oh, and like you cannot do that that's not yeah, how that no. works. You, what will happen how is your sanctions is not a thing, right? It's, it's an absurd. Like, literally, how does that even work? That was yeah. that would mean. It's, that, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, go ahead. We're go- we're gonna sanction the oligarchs. What you're gonna sanction Lower Manhattan? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah right. right, exactly. Um, well, like, there's like all the you know like the um like how they have all the mansions and like you know just outside of London and everything like that. It's like you know it's like shit like how are you going to sanction you know these people like with that live and operate within a completely different world to the working class of the people that are fucking you know the of the country that is fucking you know being uh being sanctioned that's ridiculous yeah it's absurd there's no such thing and sanctions don't work even in south africa they didn't work the reason south africa mm-hmm. collapsed was because they got defeated in the angolan civil war their military was absolutely destroyed, routed, and suddenly they had to listen to the overwhelming majority black populace. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I also want to touch uh, yeah. on real Sorry, quick, on. what do sanctions do if they don't, um, which, by the way, Lena, you were describing your relationship with your like your friend not being able to get money, but let's just say it straight up. What, what do sanctions do if they don't target Putin or whoever else we're trying to target? What are the results? What what happens? Say if the United States does want to sanction, does sanction Russia? Which are we already? Did the United States already sanction Russia? I'm. A, I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, mul- yeah. multiple. Okay. I think 113 articles so, or something like that. Yeah. And so, what is the result of that going to be? What does that actually look like in actuality? I know the answer, but it I'm waiting looks, for someone else to say it. <laughs> it's the mass immiseration of the populace. Yeah, right. yeah. It hurts the proletariat. It just 
it just kills i mean it it kills them um so i know you were yeah, talking literally. before about sanctions killing children um i think you were talking about iran was it with the, with the sanctions that were killing people um if you're iraq it was iraq excuse iraq, me, iraq. Yeah. um yeah yeah, but um, sanctions on Iran do kill people. Like, yeah, yeah, there are sanctions on Iran as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is what. Like, I know it's a little bit off topic from like talking about history, but I just want to say that that is what that is the result of this. Sanctioning a country hurts the most vulnerable members of that country, and that and it's a really sick, sick tactic that liberals seem to like be content with, which is this: no, we're just going to hurt common people the most marginalized most vulnerable common people yeah. common, like workers so hard that they'll end up being so desperate that they'll have to revolt against their leaders it's a, that that's mm -hmm. like they're actually if you actually explain to them that the sanctions hurt working class people that's their if, if they manage to get that far in the conversation without ducking out they're going to end up giving that rationale i want to say that that is all disgusting be like, next election they'll be so upset by the sanctions and next election that comes around they'll just they'll vote them out That's oh my god they'll vote so hard so hard so hard and they're gonna yeah I think uh, I, I mean the afghan government do a bunch of foreign assets got frozen and now they're not allowed to import food so now there's a famine in afghanistan yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The US it's like literally, literally, just pulled out, let the government they set up fall, and then yeah. is now starving the country. Mm, yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's like, yeah, obviously, like the people in charge don't. They're like they're not going to have trouble getting food. <laughs> it's 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 not them that uh that suffer mm. from this. They, yeah, yeah. They 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 gave half of that money to nine eleven victims, which is the most absurd. It's 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 a yeah. literal expropriation of wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I, that? I um... discussed in one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry. We should carry on. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to get distracted again. So 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 now we have this sort of global unaccountable hegemon who has been, like, sort of leading the world for the last 30 years. Yeah. And this is uh, what Fukuyama described as the end of history. It's just eternal mm. U.S. hegemony. Hasn't he, um, hasn't he uh, apologized that for that since? And he's been yeah. like, oh, actually, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe history didn't end. <laughs> it just... Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, you know, he's, he's, he's yeah. never... I mean, what he's describing there is the end of historical materialism. Mm. That, that socialism will never <laughs> arrive. But also, it's really funny to keep knocking on him for that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's always good. <laughs> and this is, and this is like, uh, increased tenfold by globalization, by the, like, forcing of countries to have free trade policies. NAFTA is a net expropriation of labor from Mexico to the U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. The Trans-Pacific Partnership was going to do the same thing. Yes, yes, that was a huge one for us. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that going mm. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Trans-Pacific um, uh, Partnership the was... TPP. Yeah, wasn't that like something under Obama? Yeah, yeah, it was around then. Yeah. Um, and there was, yeah. like, there was huge mobilization against it um, uh, down here. Uh, but it was also like that thing where it's like a lot of the same with like the Occupy thing where it was like there was a good chunk of normal working class people that were against it and then there was like this fringe of just like weird conspiratorial kind of people 
And some of those yeah. people that kind of established some level of clout have gone on to like, you know, they were like kind of part of the whole like convoy thing down here and all that kind of stuff. And it's like that danger of um, people kind of like approaching these things, but not having um, not having the the tools to actually kind of look at it you know in the correct way or whatever you know to understand yeah. the bigger forces at work they don't understand the situations they fall into the kind of reactionary traps and all that kind of stuff yeah. so the reason why so now now we're in this situation the u.s is global hegemon yep. it is the sole imperial power let's let's be real it is the mm-hmm. one yeah yeah, yeah. And it is forcibly opening markets all over the world. It conducted a coup in Bolivia in 2019 to open its lithium reserves. Mm -hmm. It is just the sole power. So what is the future is the question. Hmm. Yeah, well, it kind of seems like that's that's where it's going to go because the lithium mines, I might be wrong in this, but I think they're specifically connected to Tesla. And they're connected to like batteries that like Elon Musk and Tesla need to develop like military applications for the US military and I, stuff. I, I more mean what's the future of the global hegemonic system? Oh, right. Yeah, oh, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah so, so. <laughs> I want to read a paragraph real fast um, before we get too far off the Russia topic. Um, Patipatata says, due to the sanctions, a lot of people in Russia cannot get help from the outside. They need the money if they want to protest against the war to be able to pay the bail if they get arrested. They are now unable to send money to their Ukrainian friends. And uh, uh, Ukrainian never had PayPal, but Russia has. Okay. And lastly, there are LGBTQIA plus Russian citizens who need money to flee the country. Sanctions target the most vulnerable and not only in Russia, but also in Ukraine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good summation and a, like a specific description description of like when we talk about targeting the most vulnerable people. Sometimes, like uh, you know, it's sometimes it's helpful to go into a specific example of how that actually works. And I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. 100%. So 100%. yeah, absolutely. So for the last thirty years, we've lived in a unipolar world. There is one global power that exerts its influence uh, over everyone else. Uh, before then, we had a multipolar world in which there were two powers, one imperial, one not. So, now, and we can all recognize that America's in decline. America influence is waning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, everyone here should agree in the well, that's chat. Well, that's, that's, why, that's why Putin's throwing his weight around, right? Because Putin? he... Yeah, like they've not. It, I heard. I now I might be wrong on this because you know I don't want to be. I don't want to be one of those guys who has a take on what's going on and gets it completely wrong. But this is something I I heard someone say is that it's like Russia feels more confident now to do stuff like what they're doing in Ukraine because the sort of like the 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 stuff that America's trying to do with NATO in Europe is like fucking up so bad. Basically, am I wrong in saying oh, that? It's it's also because. Uh, yeah, after the fall of Kabul, people realized that NATO's absolute yeah. dominance no longer existed. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah. NATO was threatening expansion into Ukraine. And that was a red line in Russian geopolitics. They couldn't allow that if they wanted to maintain any sort of regional influence. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was it. That was 
the spark from the war. It was the fear of NATO expansionism. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but now, as we move towards the future, we see a rising power in China in terms of economics, in terms of political influence. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see another Cold War with China. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing the beginnings of that. That's what that? it feels like. That's absolutely what it feels like. I was. It feels like they've been banging the drum, war drums, you know, manufacturing consent for a Cold War with China for you, a, a yes. while now. Right? What does yeah, that mean? exactly. What does it mean, Cold you... War with China? Just sort of a... And you see this in the rhetoric on China. The rhetoric on China in... And let's compare the two Chinese Olympics, 2008 and 2022. Uh, In 2008, it was a lot about Chinese culture. And there was some mumblings about, like, oh, uh, about, like, what the West saw as state repression. But mostly what it was, was uh, sort of this view of China opening up, being a free market society. And now in 2022, the U.S. isn't even participating doesn't mm-hmm. even participate yep. in the Chinese Olympics. Hmm. In, in the 2000s, the difference is in the 2000s, China was liberalizing and becoming part of the U.S. global system. And now it isn't. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's seeing itself as the power that it is. And so mm-hmm. the U.S. has ter- changed its tune yeah. to inciting opposition to China's influence. And you're absolutely spot on, Tim. They started manufacturing consent for that as soon as Biden came over to do, I think it was the G7 uh, meeting, in, in the one in Cornwall, the climate summit yeah. in Cornwall. Um, and I remember covering that on my channel and all Biden was talking about was what you were saying before about how they're building, they're going to build, they're, they're going to build uh, infrastructure in Africa, Jack. They're going to build trains yeah, and yeah, roads yeah. and shit. Yeah. And we can't have that um you know it's not fucking like they're happening. framing that as like you know like imperialism yeah equal, or like as if like you know like they they don't do you know like as if they don't uh they don't have any imperial aspirations themselves but there's like this enemy that is doing it and that we have to we have to get in there and stop them which kind of i guess like is a way to justify their own imperialism but that's yeah that's manufacturing consent right it's like mm-hmm. building up um building up this idea of like something that's going to happen so we need to do this so you know like i'm i'm asking you the people for your permission to do this thing you know to go out there and i think it's also another reason why most of the countries in the imperial core haven't cracked down on um conspiracy theorists surrounding covid because a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding covid i think a lot of people don't talk about is that some people especially like the more well they're majority right wing but like the more hardcore right wing ones are still like well covid is real but it was manufactured in a lab in china do you know what i mean and that's it's like a legit and they've they've not cracked down on that whatsoever like that's that's something that like even u.s politicians have said uk politicians have said it as well so yeah i think it's important to bring that up too Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly and it's what we call conspiracy is based mostly on whether or not it's the media narrative notice all these like uh now that china's handled the covid crisis exceptionally well Mm -hmm. uh there's all this talk not not just from like the media but also from like 
the right wing of the current socialist movement, like yeah. Vosh and social democrats and stuff. Yeah, that like, yeah, yeah. oh, these Chinese COVID numbers are impossible. They clearly are suffering, and it's just uh, censorship. Yeah. We got yeah, so yeah, much yeah, of that yeah. about um about New Zealand, but like people saying that it was um you know misreporting or whatever like that. But it's funny because when it's New Zealand, it's a totally different like the f- way they frame it is kind of like you know like oh they must be they must be messing something up you know they must be not testing right they must be all this whatever then the same thing with china except it's like oh no they're deliberately lying or they are they're withholding information there's you know like an evil plot or some shit like that and it's like so funny how you can see the you know like the different ways that um yeah that our different countries are approached by uh, and 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 then and then and then you see this uh and then you see the videos of westerners at the olympics crying over how harsh the uh covid controls are yeah yeah, like like the hazmat suits and the disinfection and then like so now you have this like oh china has draconian covid policy that doesn't work even though if there were anywhere near the amount of deaths that they estimate uh you would get you would see it like it's as if people think that chinese information control is simultaneously extremely porous and extremely absolute yeah 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 it's Mm -hmm. it's fucking wild like um yeah i saw a lot of people making sense about um you know like about uh like covid like elimination strategies like the one that new zealand had whatever and they would be posting you know like simultaneously about like oh you know like new zealand has a really successful kind of you know has had a really successful uh, policy on this or whatever and then they would be talking about another nation and they'd be like oh well the 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 authoritarian policies that they would need to put in place to do something like this would just you know it would be so inhumane like you know like all this kind of stuff but it's like okay well so you when new zealand does it it's like oh it's okay you know they're just like they're standing strong as a nation together or whatever and then if you know like vietnam does it or whatever like that it's like authoritarian police state you know and not that people didn't like there were people definitely saying that um new zealand was an authoritarian police state because of our lockdowns and stuff which is actually like fucking hilarious like as someone who actually lived through it it was like it was it was pretty chill like i mean if that was an authoritarian police state like you know like it's fine it's still, mm, this, like, is, this <laughs> is this has also been such a handover to china yeah, yeah. of all things oh, because chinese vaccines are being supplied to much of the rest of the world while western vaccines are locked behind patents yeah. and covax yeah, yeah yeah i think um yeah, there was a lot of call, especially down here, there was a lot of call um, for talking about like a, you know, like a people's vaccine, like a total like free vaccine sort of thing like that. And um, I think, yeah, I think like that is like one thing that people could have done to really like, like if we'd done that when it first popped up, then the enti- we'd be, it would be a different world right now. Man, God, know? I wish we just had a hard lockdown. Like the entire, oh, yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. world had just had a hard lockdown. We were talking about that before stream, me and Mule, how it's um, our first two bouts of, yeah, coronavirus, where it was like um, the, the first kind of COVID-19 thing and then the Delta thing. We had hard lockdowns in New Zealand and we had barely any cases um, and only like, like you could literally, like the case numbers every day you could count on one hand. Um, and then we stopped doing lockdowns for the Omicron one and, you know, kind of did the whole, like, just get back to work, get on with it sort of thing. And every announcement, they kind of roll back protections a little bit further. And, um, yeah, now we're getting like, you know, like 
there's like thousands and thousands of cases every day. Like, you know, it went up from, you know, like, I think it was like 50 to going to like 200 to 600 to 1,000. You know, now it's like 12,000, 20,000. It's just like fucking wild, you know? It's like you can see, it's like, I wonder, what's the difference, right? Like, I wonder, mm. you know, between the, between these earlier, between the lockdown to now, it's like, what the, like, I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people have kind of, um, you know, like, our government handed it really well the first little bit, but a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, no, they've totally, like, dropped the ball at this point, you know? Yeah, and it's... Uh, I, I just said to someone in the chat that, you know, our government specifically, they're talking about, like, a hard lockdown. They, of course, never wanted to actually impose much lockdown restrictions because the Tories are... Um, infamous for wanting to literally just let disabled people die. Um, they yeah. do. They do not give a fucking shit about if they can get out of paying pensions, disability allowance, uh, anything remotely related to welfare. They will do it. They don't care if people die as a result. They've yeah. already been responsible for killing 120,000 people in the in the last 10 years of government due to, uh, and that's not COVID related. That's literally like, you know, changing the, uh, the means testing in mm. getting disability benefits in slight ways that basically meant that like a lot of people killed themselves. A lot of disabled people killed mm. themselves yeah, and a yeah. lot of disabled people uh, just fucking died because they couldn't yeah. eat or were, they were made homeless yeah, yeah they were yeah yeah absolutely they were killed yeah 100 yeah yeah um yeah so yeah yeah absolutely the, the hard lockdown was never going to happen and it's so ridiculous because it's like well you know you, you think about that the lockdowns that happen and, and every fucking middle class white person is like holy and, and shit this so... is the worst thing ever but there was, the, the planes were still coming in and out of the country you know like yeah. if yeah. if if we these these like sort of dragged out lockdowns and half measures have inflamed the situation, it's made it worse. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely, mad absolutely. And they feel like nothing's effective, and they feel cooped up, and they lose they're losing their mind, yeah. and yeah. they're getting poorer and poorer, yeah. and more and more yeah. isolated. And, that's like, that's and then right, COVID right is still this... happening, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, we end exactly. up with these like convoys and shit, like we had over here and stuff. And it's like these are people that have been radicalized because they've had such a you know like they feel they feel left out you know like it's yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Yeah. sorry for the day di- uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah that was this was a bit of a digression so so what does the decline the age multipolarity and the decline of american power look like and the answer is when empires fall the violence exerted at the imperial periphery against those people at the periphery is imported back into the core and this has already happened. Mm. That's a thing. Uh, Israel is the testing hub for suppression of your populace. Uh, they test weapons. They test chemical weapons. They test tactics to suppress riots. They train American police officers. A lot of the officers who were deployed during the George Floyd protests in 2020 were trained in Israel. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's like yeah. there's so much, um, yeah, so much interchange there. It's fucking wild. This is this is a direct import of violence mm. yeah. into the United States from its periphery nations. And of course, that's why the U.S. and a bunch of countries in the Imperial Corps 
fund the shit out of Israel. Like they, they you know yeah. what I mean? They know that that's like where they can get away with shit. Like the, the, the Palestinian genocide has been like, I hope you don't mind me saying this, by the way, you know more about yeah, this than me, leader. but like, you know, this, it's like one of the most ongoing, hum- longest ongoing humanitarian crises in the world. And so they know they can get away with it because it's, again, it's one of those scenarios where it's just like brown people are the people who are suffering and no yeah. one in the Imperial Corps cares about that. Do you know what I mean? Have, so, you, ever, have you ever heard of Ida refugee camp? It's in the West yeah, Bank. It's I, near, yeah. it's near oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, It is the most tear gas place in the world. Oh, like tear yeah. gas is a type of weather that occurs there. Oh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. It's, it's shit like cool. that. Yeah. I, I went to a, I don't know if you heard of this, Lena, but I went to a, a, a gallery exhibition about um, cloud formations. It was here in Manchester, so I'm not sure if, it, if, you've, if you've heard of it, but it was... Um, it was ba- yeah, they, they, it was it was basically like um, they were talking about how it was basically like, okay, look at all these different types of clouds. And then they were talking about, you know, clouds about climate change. But then they spoke specifically about like white phosphorus in Israel oh. and stuff like that. Like, you know, these like horrific weapons uh, mm-hmm. Israel is using against Palestinians. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just such a, such a, a an absolutely unforgivable fucking war crime like what's going on just imagine if any of you have ever been tear gassed imagine how bad that hurts imagine like chronic exposure yeah 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 it it can fuck you Uh, up it's it's known it's known to fuck you up right it's like uh it's a known carcinogen yeah right 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 absolutely yeah yeah it's fucking wild um yeah 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 and it's like i mean yeah these are fucking war crimes right um yeah yeah, I've this is um like the whole thing with the um the Israel uh, army training, you know, like people whether it's you know we're if around the world they do it like, you know, like they have these exchange programs I've heard about in Australia and stuff as well. You know, they teach them like Krav Maga and all that kind of stuff like that. It's um it's kind of like there's also this thing where they um like I mean I I know a lot of people that are like heavily involved in um all kinds of like you know, like, martial arts and things like that. And they say there's, like, this thing where it's, like, this idea that a lot... They insinuate that um, the IDF way is, like, superior and that they're, like, so highly trained and that, you know, like, it's an honor to train with them and, like, learn Krav Maga from them and all this kind of stuff. Where it's, like, it's literally just, like, not that great or anything like that. And, like, the training methods are just especially brutal. It's not that these people are, like, very um, ridiculously like well trained it's not that they are like you know anything like that it's just like they are they're extremely brutal and they have weapons and equipment and stuff that is like far out you know out ranks like you know what the palestinian people have and stuff so you know like and it's the same with like you know american police they get all this like equipment or whatever like that and they just it's it's it's, it's not it's not just israel for the united states either and it's been going on for a very long time uh the korean national intelligence services the nis They trained Pinochet security forces. Yeah, yeah. No fucking way. Holy shit. Mm, Fucking wild. This is not a lot of people know about that, but it's completely true. Yeah. That is super fucked. Super, super fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah, because really, like, yeah, it's widely known. Oh, sorry, go on. I just want to say real quick, thank you, Velmet. Uh, thank you so much for the raid, Velmet L thirty five. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you, hope you had a good oh, stream. 
we are um, right now we're talking with lena about imperialism and we're um lena's been kind enough to walk us through like the history of the world essentially <laughs> um and to teach us about like um you know just just to teach us about imperialism but the obviously the, the topic is very large so we're We've been diving into yeah. a, a few little like directions, and so you're catching like the tail end of that conversation. And so, um, in case you're wondering also what this is, I um, on my channel every Sunday for three hours, and you're catching it right now um, from 2 p.m. Pacific till about a half hour from now is a show we call Red Planet, which is hosted by me, Conquest of Dread, DJ Mule, and typically uh, Sophie from Mars, but Sophie can't make it today because Sophie is COVID. So, um, mm. and then we always have a guest as well. So uh, today's guest is Lena, and um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a thing we are doing once a week. It's our today's our tenth episode. Maybe we should do a maybe we should celebrate. You know, woo, ten episodes. I don't know. We should probably do something. Like woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh woo. yay, we, um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We have talked about doing a little social stream sometimes. Oh yeah, so that's a thing. Yeah, like anniversary. Yeah, stream. but um, that's the that's the one. Yeah, we we should definitely talk about that after this. Um. But yeah, so um, welcome to the stream and thank you so much for raiding. I appreciate it. And I will be thanking all the subs um, in, in a few minutes, by the way, um, and all the donations. So thank you in advance for those things, for those contributions, yeah. chat. Okay. So, so so I'd like to move into the final part of what I've yeah, yeah, which cool. is what can we do? Mm. The answer is, as an individual, not much. Uh, unfortunately mm -hmm. the opposition to imperialism really requires a, a devoted disciplined party that can oppose mainstream politics in the united states and the work of doing anti-imperialism is not only opposing what the government says our government's actions but also building that party mm -hmm. so that's what you should do yeah, exactly. A party is still made up of individuals. I recommend reading yeah. Lenin's What is to be Done. I think that's oh, yeah, probably the most relevant work in this case. So yeah, chat, that links into everything that we have been telling you so far on this show. Um, you know, in yeah. terms of unionizing, oh, in terms of creating, uh, you know, and, and joining mutual aid networks and... Uh, you know, figuring out, you know, learning protests and, and figuring out what is safe to do in, in protests and in riots and stuff like that. All of this comes together in terms of things like this, where like the problem is so big, it demands solidarity on a, on a large scale. So you will see a lot of anti-war protests. They have a lot of union presence sometimes. Like there was a uh, an anti-war protest in London today, I think. It might, it might be yesterday. I can't remember. Um, but there were a lot of Communist Party signs, Socialist Party signs. Um, lots of unions were there. Lots of, lots of uh, you know, foundations like queer and trans foundations, you know, supporting the, the anti-war message and stuff. So this, this is the benefit of doing all the things that we've asked you to do so far. Like these might seem like small things and they are small things. Uh, but in the grander scheme of things, if you build solidarity by, uh, you know, doing these small actions, we will create it. Yeah, as Mel is saying, like a, a united front against stuff like this. Yeah, uh, it will happen. Mel says no more doomer posting, no more individualism, united front. I love that. Yeah, this 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 definitely wasn't intended to be a doomer thing. This was like the necessity. <laughs> 
No, but, but you, yeah. don't wanna, you don't want to discipline party. You don't want to perpetuate some liberal dream of like just vote with your dollar and we can yeah. all do it. Like, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we have yeah. to be realistic yeah. as to what we are not able to accomplish individually. Yeah. Because if we if we if we pump keep pumping ourselves with hot air with this like yeah. these liberal dreams that you just ever need to buy a prius or something like it like it's not how it works <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah so in the absence of a unified disciplined party without and in the absence of a line to follow yeah. and a direction to push what do we do well again revolutionary defeatism don't mm. advocate against U.S. intervention in the form of sanctions, in the form of supplies, in the form of boots on the ground at all costs. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, don't be uh, don't be a fucking tattoo artist that says I will no longer tattoo Russian fucking clients. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that was an interesting one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, I was I was kind of like surprised. I, think, I, like, I actually haven't was, seen like, that one. Oh, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's super. The person cool. that posted it, I think, was like, um, uh, like. Uh, an American of Ukrainian descent. So I, you know, I see that they had like some kind of like personal, like, you know, emotional kind of thing for it or whatever. But it, it is wild. And we do see like things like that a lot. You know, I've seen people saying similar things about other, you know, when there's something in the news or whatever, like people will try and do this kind of, like I, I think it was talking about during the, um, the George Floyd riots, there was a guy that said, I will no longer be tattooing chains on people. And, you know, all these like white oh, liberals were yeah. like, thanking him and being like thank you for doing the work like thanks for doing the work king and it's just like man like this isn't the work like there's people out there doing the work this does nothing like instead like why don't you like look at how you can you know like actually support you know like black communities in your Mm -hmm. area or whatever like and actually you know like i don't know work towards something like you know like establish mutual aid networks things like that i'm actually glad Um, you brought that up tim because it reminded me that like one day i will forget all of these horrific takes one day i won't remember them they'll be out of yeah, my yeah, yeah. We should, like a yeah. book like you know like baby's first steps or something we should be like like, <laughs> like perfect takes and we could like review them and be like oh my god that was the take that someone had do you remember no i don't want to yeah, do yeah, that yeah, yeah. i, I don't want to do that, that happens like that you know idea. like every now and then it's like we we look back and we go like hey remember like you know back in the summer of whatever when everyone on twitter was obsessed with fucking this thing or whatever the, the book but, of no, i would rather i would rather endless sunshine of this i, I want endless sunshine or whatever it is like yeah wipe this shit from my brain <laughs> <laughs> to counter to counter the doomer shit yeah, yeah uh when lennon and Liebknecht were arguing and because 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 it seems a lot that the like actual anti-war people are in the minority here on the left yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. remember remember that Lenin and Liebknecht were also on the left were also in the minority uh, yeah. in terms of like most of the left were pro-supporting their own nations in this imperial inter-imperial war in World mm-hmm. War One. ten years later Lenin led the largest socialist entity on the planet yeah. and the pro-war faction of the social of the German Social Democratic Party had regressed completely into liberalism. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I just wanted to point out that um, I think like um, we've got someone in the chat, Twinkle, saying, uh, just wondering, is this not some kind of romanticized dream? Humanity is just not the right base to build on. Not trying to be negative, but keep record of what humans actually are, human. It's been done. Oh, we did? Sorry, I also missed that. Because I'm just like, what the... Like, what's... Like, that's just such a weird 
that's a take that is a sel- not not to go too hard on this person but that's a take that is no, no, a no, self- yeah, yeah. it's a selfish take it's the well guess i tried now i'll go back to brunch it's the take that doesn't have any skin in the game and it decided it's not only that yeah yeah you're right sorry go on it no. shuts down the discussion right it's like at the end yeah of the day, yeah obviously. and by the way like there is there is plenty of humanity that you are dismissing. And also the yeah. conflation of humanity with white oppression, which is mainly like what you're talking hegemonic about. Kind like of you're dismissing, whatever, you know, like, like the actual, like, like actual indigenous voices are being dismissed right now as being like part of the problem. <laughs> and that's actually, right. what the, that's not actually true. And um, so let's, let's, I, I feel like I understand where people come from when this, on this angle, they like to, it's hard sometimes to see the world and to, have any positivity about it i understand that but we also have to understand what kind of horrors we're talking about and how they're not they're not emblematic of humanity except that humans have in fact committed those atrocities but that's not what humanity is um yeah yeah and i i i would like to think that i am not a i i mean i would like to think that i am not a person that is consenting to these types of acts and if that's the case I, and I think I'm still a human being. I, I can't imagine yeah. that I'm the only one. And again, I, I, I will point, I know I already mentioned it, but it does, it does, it is quite offensive to think that like we are now erasing all, most of humanity, especially marginalized voices who are the victims of these atrocities and painting them as like part of the problem, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like, it's just like, it's an ideological thing where it's like, you know, like people think that, you know, like when we're talking about like the nature of humanity or whatever like that, what you might think of is the nature of man to be, you know, like to be working against the goals of, you know, like socialism, communism, whatever you want to say, whatever. I think that's, um, you know, like that is that being the nature of man is like a, a recent invention, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's, yeah. that's propaganda. That's, yeah. you know, like, and we look at it, we look at cultures all around the world that have survived the, the, the um, humans are in opposition evil. to that. Oh. Yeah. The humans are evil mindset is an invention yeah, yeah, of the yeah. modern day. It is. I, I really like how Imperial excuse making has shifted from, we are on the righteous side to we are the least evil side. Human nature yeah, 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 is yeah. evil. Yeah. yeah, like we can't yeah. deny our nature, so we have to do it in the least evil yeah. way possible, or whatever, like that. Where it's like, no, like this is uh, we can deny that that is our nature, you know. Like, and mm-hmm. I think we have we have history on our side to prove that it's not. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, at, at every point in which there has been the left is split into pro and anti-war factions, the anti-war faction is the only one which has retained relevance into the future. True every time yeah uh all yeah. these people who are like pro nato intervention pro nato by the way you should not be pro nato nato is <laughs> yeah. the imperialist block See, well yeah that's Jack, the thing like a lot of people you. say like told you i saw Jack. people making statements saying that like oh you know it's like this isn't um this isn't a, a war of imperial powers because they're making the mistake of comparing you know seeing like you know like russia versus like fucking ukraine or whatever like that but it's like when people are talking about this they're not talking about ukraine as an imperial power it's nato and you know the u.s and kind of you know like <laughs> that yeah like the western kind of uh hegemony which i, keep, I know i keep saying but that's you know that's like that's what we're talking about you know and i think too for people people to say that it's not is just to like just admit like an absolute lack of understanding of 
what NATO is, uh, how it came about, and, you know, like, how they have acted in the past, sort of thing. These people who are pro-NATO are going to be, like, hard Democrats in, like, yeah. ten years. Yeah. Or neocons, or whatever else. By the way, the yeah, person yeah, that yeah, I was I just responding to with their it's pointless is now extremely upset with me so i just want to let everyone know it's a I really mean, healthy hey, reaction like, um, i'm sure whatever, this is all very like, chat, like i'm sure it's like a definite like why... solid person who's trying to like really put their eye on the prize and like really build networks of mutual support and solidarity it seems like a person who's absolutely in it to win it and not a person you know who has had no skin in the game wants to be a defeatist because yeah, they want to go back to brunch and it's now being a very upset because they're being called out for it but um, yeah yeah and not a revolutionary defeatist by the way just yeah, a yeah absolutely not. yes no, a regular defeatist but, uh, yeah yeah i think it's like when you know if we if we see something in the chat and we like saying hey look you know like this is why this attitude sucks it's not like you know like we don't know you it's a, not a personal attack on no. you we have no like idea about you or what you but know the your perspective thing sucks is, and, and we need to tell yeah yeah, yeah exactly so it's like we, we need to we need to you know talk we about need that. to at so, least you know, talk why it's problem about why it's problematic and yeah it's, yeah exactly and it's like made, i think it's important sorry. to bring this up yeah, like Tim, you, you you made a great point in saying like you know you and and Bunny as well. I think made this point. I, I can't remember. I've got ADHD. I don't know if you know. Um, like the the like yeah, you're silencing indigenous voices. You're silencing a lot of BIPOC voices in saying that like humans are basically you know uh, bad. And that's not to say that the can't be bad BIPOC uh, you know people. But it's it's you know like yeah like lots of that humans are bad is just things that people take from imperial core countries anyway let's move on sorry lena that, that is that is that is the end of my spiel <laughs> <laughs> we, we've reached the end we've reached the end that's true okay well, well um, i mean we're coming up on if we, if we want to discuss thing. ukraine in specific i guess now is the time but um, honestly well, at least said what i want to say first of all that was an incredible spiel the spiel yes. if you call it that i loved yes. it i don't know great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, I, you know what? Let's do it right now. Let's do some bun claps in the chat before claps, before we move on to anything else. I just want to let's yeah. let's make sure we do that chat. Can we get a wall of bun claps? And if you're not a subscriber, bun clap f, bun clap f for followers. Mm. Uh, thank you so much, Lena. And um, yeah, that was that was extraordinarily like thorough. And I think I am going to rewatch this vod to make sure i can digest it all because i am very naive on like most of what you were talking about and although i was like you know probably put on like a hmm like a, a certain face i i still have a lot to learn and so i this your your presence here has made it me very aware of how little i know but also how interesting that i don't know i i think for the if we we're trying to look to abolish the states and to abolish capitalism, we have to know, yeah. and 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 that by extension imperialism, um, we have to understand how these things arose in the first place, and how former former systems did collapse as well. Um, especially when we're, like, I know that Tim earlier I think was talking about like um, the divine right of kings and how like that also yeah. collapsed. And so I think at the very least, um, we sh as leftists or communists or whatever terminology y'all apply to yourselves. Um, should be more well acquainted with that if only to have better perspective on like what those shifts in power look like 
and also to kind of poke holes in these in this idea of American exceptionalism or any form of exceptionalism but by any of these oppressive systems and also to have a better feel for like the violence I mean there's so many different angles I guess I can I can go on and on I don't want to make this entire <laughs> my whole spiel but like there's like <laughs> plenty of different avenues that like what you were talking about has a million different applications and different like ways that it benefits um I think the left movement yeah, so I really it's, appreciate it's, 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 it's it's not just a line it's a mode of analysis you have to yeah, apply it yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um... yeah yeah and that's like when you when you have like a proper you know mode of analysis and like this lens that you can look at things through you'll find um you know like a lot of people are like oh i don't know how i should feel about this or that or whatever like that but um it's a lot easier to have a like a consistent worldview and everything like that what well, the more you that you know about these things mm-hmm um, 100%. And does yeah. chat does chat have any questions? Uh, let me let me if before we even try to get into Ukraine Russia because we don't have a lot of time left and I don't want to take up too much of your time. But if anyone has any yeah. pressing questions about Russia and Ukraine, um, with regards to what, because uh, I know that I don't think anyone in this this chat necessarily has this perspective, but I know they've run into it, and maybe some people in the chat do have this perspective that they think mm -hmm. that the United States, at the very least needs to do something um or should continue to do the thing the sanctions and stuff and they feel strongly about this um does i, I don't know if chat chat do you feel confident in now being able to explain why it's actually imperialism for america to be involved in um russia ukraine <laughs> do you vote uh, the cheeto out uh <laughs> that's right orange man bad yeah that's good correct yeah yeah, correct. yeah yeah we're still working on that all right there's a we're cheeto well. in the white house uh yeah, boris yeah, yeah. johnson he's a bumbling cock womble that'll get him <laughs> <laughs> okay don't worry about it good yeah all right so we got some we got some yeses that's, coming that's good to hear yeah, yeah, <laughs> chat is so yeah. slow right now chat Chat, wake up! What's going on? Come on! I need, I need, we need you. I've had, had a, I've had had a talk with Chat the other day about how <laughs> it's not just my chat. It's just like chats in general. I've heard are becoming like much more. I don't know. Maybe it's just my chat that just becoming more. Chat like, is, you know what chatters love to do? Chatters love to like say anything, whatever they want, even if it's like talking about things like impossibly pregnant dogs, and just do not respond to streamers. They just don't respond to Impossibly pregnant dogs? Like, wait That's a minute. Right. What is an impossibly pregnant dog? Like, you know, 101 Dal Dalmatian. She couldn't have possibly given birth to that many dogs. It's impossible. Really? It's impossible. There's no way. Back-to-back -back okay. pregnancies of litters of a size of, what, like, 10? <laughs> Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I don't know. What's a litter of dogs? I'm just thinking. They're trying to say it's all 101 at once, and it's just not Oh, well, no, like that's a... bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's it's fake a, news. Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah. a, a Bloodborne-esque, you know. I was going to say it sounded more like some kind of, like, deviant art, <laughs> fan situation. Um, right, uh, I've derailed. I, I've derailed. Yeah, yeah. What we're was derailed. the question? Okay, chat. Else, oh, my God. Chat. Chat. I'm asking. But now they just... Oh, see, look. He was I right. I know what? I hate you. Like, Never mind. You know, now it's just, like, impossibly pregnant dogs. Now that's all <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how chats work. I've been on chip Twitch for six years. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll answer any questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Way to make a good impression, chat. 
Lena taking yeah, yeah. any questions that are about dogs and doing such an amazing job, and you have the audacity to be like, "Wolf's question? Oh, dog vaginas? Yeah, I'm talking. I'll talk about that." Chat. Okay. Oh god. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we, we go. go. Crimson Brilliant. Tinted. Brilliant. Go. Great. Thank you. Crimson Great work, Crimson. Uh, I find myself curious about a prior point. Lena alluded to the need to organize into a party and have that party exert influence in order to resist imperialism. Such organization takes time. I'd be curious to hear of what Lena thinks about tactics in the interim to move the needle on issues of imperialist power. Lena. Well, well, all all things take time. That's That's just the nature of it. But there are anti-imperialist organizations that aren't necessarily in that party form. It's just that in order to solve the problem forever, you need the party. It's the most effective way. Yeah. Uh, I, if you look in your community, I, I don't know what your community is like, but you will probably find something. Some anti-answer coalition or... Uh, what's What are they called? Uh, pink something. Hmm. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anti-war organizations are probably not the worst place to start. Yeah. Or Code Pink. Code Pink's the one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, That's like... the, um, the, the woman one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, woman-led. Uh, woman for Peace, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, you can you can certainly check out like there are there are a lot of like NGOs that that do a lot of awareness around anti-war movements as well. Um, like Amnesty International is one of like the the main ones, um, and you could find out a bunch of information from organizations like that um, about you know people that are going to organize in your area regarding uh, anti anti war action and stuff. I, I would I would not suggest Amnesty. They have like <sighs> they are is, not yeah, yeah, so great. Okay. Oh really? Oh okay. It's Sorry, like that's controversy my around that. That's a, um, that's a good information, uh, yeah. by the way, to like sometimes because you don't want people to get invested in things. No, right? no, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. D- DSA IC yeah. and DSA uh, BDS and Palestine Solidarity Caucus are yeah. genuinely the best parts of that organization. Yeah. Um, genuinely. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I say that. I. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. BDS. I, I, oh, would, yeah. I would really recommend Answer Coalition because they are large. They are sizable, and they're, like, solidly anti-imperialist. Like, they use that word. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, let's bring it up. Is that... Um, oh, yeah, cool. So, um, answercoalition.org. Um, yep. I've got the link here. I'm going to drop it in the chat. Um, here we go. So, everyone, check those. Uh, check them out. It looks like they're um, pretty pretty uh active all over the place uh there's all this stuff here about yeah everywhere from korea to ethiopia to um yeah to no war with russia so that's cool um brilliant yeah great awesome cool i hadn't actually heard of them so that's really yeah, cool um, me that's, that's, why got, really cool. that's why we got you on yeah 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 awesome Thank <laughs> you for that. um have we got anything else coming up in chat or well we do we, have to um... review homework and then we have to assign homework to chatters Lena, have you got any thoughts on what the homework for chat could be? I have no idea. I was thinking about this, and I don't know. <laughs> well, let's first let's review last week's homework. What was last week's homework, chat? What was last week's homework, chat? 
I didn't do this time. I was good. <laughs> Homework last week was to look out for misinformation. That's right. That's yep. right. To look out for misinformation. To record to look up um, specifically, was it to look into something that like already ha has like certain like leanings towards like certain certain agreements with you to look out for mis yeah so keep an eye out for misinformation regarding Russia and Ukraine especially if it's something particularly catered to your prior convictions. That, I mean that's that that's pretty easy. I think most people have been doing that. I think most they, people hopefully in chat yeah, but like. It's especially hard when it's like, oh, well, that's something that I totally think that's something I totally agree with. And so therefore, you know, I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's, you know, that's that's the way they get you. Um, did you fact check it? That's right. The, that's the key. So press one if you did the homework last week. Press one if you did the homework last week. Did you keep an eye out for misinformation regarding Russia and Ukraine, especially if it's something particularly catered to your prior convictions chat? Press one if you did it. Oh, someone has a question for me, by the way. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Let's see. Okay. Uh, talks, I'll go back to Toxwell. Uh, um, Toxwell says, question, does the president of Ukraine want them to join U EU or NATO? Does he think it's a genuinely good move for them or their only option, perhaps? He does. Uh, Zelensky, right? Which, like, yeah, he, yeah. he does. Uh, which is a horrible idea because it just inflames tensions. Mm -hmm. and, and doesn't benefit Ukraine. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff around the Maidan coup, and I don't we have no time for it, but mm. uh, it's 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 a lot. Um, there's also someone one from a I don't know how to pronounce that Macchiano. Mach yeah, Machiano Macchiano. Just mispronounce names. Yeah. They're chatters. I do it all the time. It doesn't matter. Just they ask don't matter. Machiano. They're insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they could just type it out. Yeah. So hang on, where's that question? Um... They they haven't. They just said they had a question. Oh, oh come on! So they just typing it out now. Okay, let's go. We can give them a second. Yeah, yeah. I have time. It's okay, fine. so while while Mark oh wait, has... oh, are they saying um they're saying talks to wall had a question? Let's see. Uh, wait, I already read wall, that one. You... We read that. Oh, one. Yeah. already have. Oh, okay. Oh, oh Marciano, okay, okay, okay. Talks to okay. question. All oh, right. Okay, Chat. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh We're yeah, gonna have okay. words after Mastronia after was just, was just the, the show's yeah. over, Chad. We're gonna have words after the show's over. Uh oh, uh, in oh. trouble. <laughs> Samurai, you can follow me at, at Lena Posting on Twitter. Um, yeah, nice. oh no, she's gonna yell at us. Oh no. Um, okay, well, <laughs> let's assign homework for next week. And how about this? Um, so anti-imperialism. Hmm. What would be good homework? This is a I tough would, one. Uh, I would say um, research in your area an anti-war organization, like maybe a local one. Maybe try and find a local one because these things, you, 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 I guess, are easier to organize if they're local. They're easier to sort of like join as well. Um, I would definitely say like the Answer Coalition is is probably like yeah, just like you know sign up to the newsletter and and stuff like that with regarding uh you know with those with that organization but also look for stuff in the locally i don't know how everybody feels about that everyone in chat like, there's a bunch of people just saying parenti video yellow parenti <laughs> yeah i think like that's a, it's a, a never really good watch um... parenti the whole thing i've, uh, never the yellow I mean, I mean, like... I've seen you watch it i've watched parts of it. i've never watched the whole thing 
Oh, okay. Like, Grinty has, like, good takes and bad. There's, like, you know, whatever. But I think that what? that yellow video is really good. A really good. No, yeah, yeah. Um, Any bad takes? No, 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 no. Like, there's there's still a lot to learn from him. Um, there's, uh, but I think that, that yellow video in particular is a really good primer for um, for imperialism and stuff. Oh, I love it. There's, like, the actual yellow Grinty um, emotes that people have. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I would say, like, I mean, if, if anyone anyone watching wants to like get another kind of perspective a similar perspective but hear it in another in another way look up yellow printy on youtube and uh yeah you know and there's one it. video that has a really annoying like buzzing in it you don't have to watch that one that's a that's a mess up just watch, find a video without the buzzing you don't have to like it's not mm. that's like that one recording's problem so i don't um, yeah i don't think the yellow video has any of parenti's bad takes in it as far as i know oh no 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 that's like i think that's a really good that's yeah like, the yeah, yellow video is based just watch the yellow yeah, video yeah. for sure yeah but yeah. yeah what is yeah what is what do we think so frezzo uh, is saying here's an alternative in the union or the organization or union that uh chatters join in week one see if they have an anti-war committee or any anti-war sentiments in their bylaws or similar that's a great so, like, one and that like means million, that they have to there's like so many different Sorry. you can either join an anti-war group or you can check to see in your union if they have anti-war rhetoric, or you can watch Yellow Parenti video. <laughs> These are also, three also, options. If, if, if there's an anti-war protest near you, you should join if you yeah. have time. Absolutely. That's a good idea. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been to anti-war protests. Yes, I've been to two. Well done. That's right. Well, you've been to two. Two about the same, know if... the same war, but you know Do what? You want... Double two. What? That is double. Do you want to know a funny story about uh, about about me, my history? When I was twelve years old, uh, I took a pen knife to school and cut open the, the chain link fence with like a file that, or some shit. I can't remember how I did it. I think I had like scissors on it or something, uh, so that me and my classmates could go out and protest the Iraq War. Um, oh. But they all got out, and I got caught. And, oh, and it, sacrifice it, for the comrades! Uh, yeah, Mister Ramuzu put me little in based, uh, based baby mule. Yeah, no, it was really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually like that's that's cool though. If you were like just a kid doing that shit, that rules. Yeah, it just seemed um, it just seemed right. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it seemed like like I I was I guess I was like uh, pretty lucky to go to a school with like a lot of people who. Uh, you know, had uh, ancestry in the Middle East, like, you know, the basically sort of like, you know, relatives and, and stuff like that living yeah. in various areas of the Middle East. So, like, there was a lot of uh, awareness in my school about it. So it was just like, yeah, fuck that. Like, they're just going to go and bomb a bunch of people. Like, you know what I mean? That, like, literally my mm-hmm. classmate knows. Like, it's absurd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah. It brings it home, right? I'm trying to write off yeah. the homework. It's very long. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that should be, hopefully, if it's... There's three different options and maybe even a fourth. Okay, I cool. forgot what it was. Anyways, um, all right, chat. Well, how about we give one big final round of applause to Lena for joining us and the fantastic job she did. Thank you, Lena. And also for our gracious, beautiful co-host, DJ Mule and Conquest of Dread. And let's have Lena shout yourself out and then Mule and then uh, Tim and then, it'll, then I will... Then I will hang out with the the chat and uh, talk to them uh my twitter is uh twitter.com slash lena posting that's lena with an i people keep spelling it with an e for some reason that's uh that's pretty much it sweet lena posting it's very easy to remember i'm gonna just follow you right now yeah yeah 
Uh, some people have posted it in chat already, which is good. There you go, yeah. Sky Solo posted it in chat. Cool. Uh, me, I'm DJ Mule. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash DJ Mule, where I, at the moment I am streaming Elden Ring. And that's it. I'm only streaming Elden Ring. That's all I'm doing. My politics is literally just me coming on here <laughs> i come on here every week and do my politics stuff now uh but yeah that's what i'm doing at the moment uh, i post all sorts of random stuff on uh, at dj mule underscore on twitter i also have a youtube uh, channel and yeah i know i said i was making a video i definitely don't have time to do that at the moment so yeah you're too busy doing so important things like elden ring every day <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. no time for for, for videos yeah, right. let's right. move on. Let's move on. Cool. Tim, and when are you streaming next, you? Mule? When are you streaming? Oh, next? I'm streaming. I'm streaming tomorrow as early as humanly possible. All right. So go oh, to nice. go nice. to early early morning tomorrow. Go to Mule. He lives in England, so that's an early for the England. No, no, it won't be that. It won't be that early. It'll okay. Be like, so okay, early, like, like 10 five p.m. Yeah, five p.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck. Never mind. Okay. In Conquest of Dread. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm t Tim on YouTube and Twitch. I'm Conquest of Dread. Um, on YouTube, I've got like video essays and stuff. On Twitch, I mainly play games, but we talk a little bit of political stuff as we play. At the moment, I'm also playing a lot of Elden Ring. Um, and I might I might be on late tonight. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. Um, and on Twitter, I'm uh, Dread Conquest. So... Yeah, and you can find me over there. Mainly, I just like shit post over there, but you will see me posting a lot about political stuff, uh, much in line with what we talk about here. So, if you're not following me in all those places, go ahead and do it. Whatever. I don't know. I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> we're all well, you're not. We're all equals here. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think uh, then uh, Bad Bunny is going to take over and do all the little shout outs and thank yous for everyone mm -hmm. that's come along that's right um yeah but is yeah. that everything cool yeah it's everything well hey. i'll s go ahead Ooh, oh. Lena? oh i was just gonna say thank you for having me oh my god yeah you're thank wonderful thank you so much yeah cool. you've awesome. definitely enlightened me uh and yeah it was very very good thank you so much all right well yeah. see ya see y'all next week take it all easy right, cool. Alrighty. Alrighty. Now, chat. Now it's just you and me. You don't have anyone else to save you. Just the two of us. Let's talk.
you will soon find out. You cannot defeat an enemy that you cannot see.